Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Sparks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. How you doing, Marco? Doing well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Shitty day and all. Anyway, we're doing a S7E13. Hold your peace. Yes. Obviously a reference to Toby and his blue ball. Uh, this is written by Brian Holdman, directed by Marta Cunningham. I think this may be Brian Holdman's last episode of the show. If I'm not mistaken, it is. It is. It's a uh, it's a good last episode. It's a good episode. It's got a real stinger of an ending too. Yes, it does. Yeah, I, I I'd say this is a, a return to form after last week. I was a little worried at the start of the episode when everyone is still shouting at each other, mm-hmm. but I think it, it rounded into shape. Still yeah. has some issues with Hannah, but yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, we? well, before we jump in, do you have any follow-up? Because I have a, a little bit. Uh, copyright John Circus of 2011? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, many people wrote in to explain the situation with Hannah's dress to us and why Jenna wearing a coffee fit would be bad, would be like bad news for Hannah. I think we understood the reasoning of like, oh no, it'll seem like this isn't her intellectual property or whatever, but. It, I guess I think to us it just seems like a stretch. Like, how would anyone even know that Jenna wore it? You know, hmm. yeah. Like that—that that was, I guess, my angle. I mean, and it's weird because the dress comes back in this episode. Only the Jenna part is completely irrelevant, right? Like, if the if the Jenna thing wearing the dress didn't happen in the last episode, nothing would change this episode. It, it's still the same plot line, uh, which is just kind of bizarre. I it just seemed. Um... Like storylines we'd kind of seen before, like mysterious, you know, like like Mad Libs PLL, like, uh, mm-hmm. and then Hannah gets attacked in a blank yeah. shop in the dark. Um, yeah, it it, I mean, it's I I, I my first take was like, oh, the white dress thing, it's really it's fucking with Hannah. That's 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 good. It's from Jenna, and then I just kind of thought, um, it seems like smaller beans. <laughs> I mean, I guess they probably didn't have the budget to like throw a whole gala. And have Hannah running around trying to keep like the two of them apart from each other, or, or some sort of, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire situation like that. But um, but with dresses, yeah, yeah. Uh, people did seem pretty split on the whole white dress versus black dress debate. Fairly even, although I feel like some of the black votes were from sock puppets. But what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, also, apparently, I uh, definitely said Allison instead of Addison probably the majority of the time last week. Uh, I offer no apologies or excuses. Mm. I blame the wine. Anyway, mm. let's jump into it. Yeah. Spencer's uh, going to wake up in the middle of the night with some really fucking annoying baby wailings happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's a great shot right above Spencer. She sits up in bed hearing this, like, what the fuck? Um, she comes out of the bedroom, marches over to the game board where the, the continuing baby whale is coming from. And on that little phone that comes with the phone, there's a little animation of a crying baby on the phone. And, and it, <laughs> we just watch it. Spencer just turns the volume down all the way down as he would. Crisis averted. And then it's like we got she Spencer. just mutes it and goes back to bed. I really want to emphasize, too, like this is really annoying baby crying. Like it's you would go insane. Yeah. Um, 
as I'm sure a lot of new parents do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we got Spencer in bed later, awoken to the baby crying again. And she's just like, oh, fuck my life. Uh, so she goes over to the game board. Um, we watch as she just like turns the self phone attached to the game off. I mean, as as you and the audience are like yelling at her, just turn it off. She turns it yeah. off. You know, she sets it down, goes back to her bedroom. The, the game board itself just whirs back to life, lights up. The crying resumes. <laughs> so we cut to like a drawer being opened in Spencer's hand. She like throws the phone into it. Baby crying, continuing. And then she's, she's just laying. like, she's hiding under the covers, yeah. covering her head with a pillow. Finally, she just throws a pillow across the room. She's so annoyed. And she's just like holding her ears, like losing her mind, like just going nuts. That must have been a fun like sequence to film. Like, Troy, could you throw the pillow a little more frustrated? Yeah. And so then it cuts to you a little bit later. It's still night. Spence is in her PJs and uh, the lights are on now. She looks exhausted. The game is still nearby, kind of like worrying quietly to itself. But there's no baby crying. And we hear Arya say, I don't hear anything. Because the other three liars have joined Spencer in the barn. They're all in their PJs or like sweatpants. Allie, mercifully, is not present for this episode, which might be why it's a little bit better. Sorry, Allie. She's out of town being a teacher. Mm. Out of town being pregnant, yeah. Yeah. Emily uh, says, why don't you just go in the house? Yeah, also, by the way, Spencer has the phone in a pillow under a blanket on her lap. As it's, it's like continuing a pillow to rolled out. up in a blanket, yeah. And she's just like, I can't. My mom and I, look, I know this is just AD pressing on a wrong nerve, right? They're just taking out the fact that I'm sort of Dickensian foundling. And she's like emphatically holding the pillow in front of them all now. But one of you needs to take this or stick your fingers in my ear so I can get some friggin' sleep because I've tried literally everything. And yeah, uh, you can hear the crying through the pillow. Finally, Arya takes the pillow away. And Hannah's like, oh my God, that is so annoying. No shit. And Arya says, why can't we just lock it up in Allie's house? I mean, she's out of town this weekend, right? Spencer's like, that's a spectacular idea. And Emily's like, actually kind of unspectacular. I mean, a crying baby is the last thing Allie needs to hear when she gets back. And Arya just like shows the pillow right into Emily's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that that's not a bad idea. I think that'd be a great idea. Like, Allie, this is what you have to look forward to. Make mm-hmm. a decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess the other layers still don't know about Allie's pregnancy. Right? Because yeah, Emily, well, Emily corrects. She's like, uh, she's got a lot on her mind. Yeah, I mean, it's not a hard leap to make from that, Emily. Well, they probably aren't thinking about it, though, because Rollins is dead and whatever, you know? Um, anyway... Or they just don't give a fuck. Yeah, they probably don't care too. Allie's uterus like, not on the mind. like, I figured out how to defeat that evil plan by Rick. It's called uh, Planned Parenthood. Why it still exists? Yeah. So Hannah says, "Why did she go away again?" And Emily's like, "Allie has something to deal with." And Hannah just rolls her eyes at this because no one cares. And Emily's like, "Paperwork. I guess there's a lot of red tape when you're trying to unmarry a dead identity thief." Spencer's like, "Okay, officially he's still alive." Yeah, says, well, did she officially change her last name yet? She should. Allison Rollins sounds like a mouthful of muffin. Well, it's here, like here. Rem- reminder, the flash forward is still on the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I At that line read now, it's like, oh, is that going to be in this episode? Nope. Like, are they seriously going to wait for the finale for that or something? What is even going on? Yeah, I don't know. Although I, I want to say that, like, you can figure out what episodes it's in by, like, liar social media or you know like he can figure out when they wore the same outfits um, mm-hmm. let's just assume that he that allison is so dreading is the return of pastor ted in that storyline 
that's certainly what I'm dreading. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Back to laugh at his own jokes and maybe be Charlotte's father for no goddamn reason. Surprise, I haven't finished my coffee yet. Yeah. So Emily says, Ezra's still in New York, right? And she thrusts the pillow back in Arya's lap. Uh, but Arya just can't even right now. She's like, I'm, I'm not babysitting this pillow by myself. <laughs> and her and Emily are just like pushing the pillow back and forth between them right now. And Emily says, okay, well, our place is loud enough already. Caleb snores. And Hannah jumps in. She's like, no, he doesn't. And Emily says, yes, he does. What wow. if, What if both Spencer and Emily had said at the same time, yes, he does? That would have been fucking brilliant. Oh, my God. And then like they just both look at each other and it's super awkward. Yes. Oh my god. Can we can they go back and reshoot this episode? That would have been so perfect. <laughs> well, also, Emily, why are you still there? Like, why are you sleeping there? Is she sleeping at Allie's or oh no, no oh yeah, right. Like, who even knows? Because they don't want to they can't afford Nia Peoples or something. I don't know. Or maybe they like tore down her set already. Uh, but uh, you know, Caleb is like fucktastic. Like, yeah, I would want to clear if out if she can if she can hear Caleb snoring. Mm-hmm. She can hear other things. Yeah, she can I hear mean, the gymnastics for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess what what's worse, hearing that or going home to sleep at your mom's? I mean, I guess it's more convenient. Like, you don't like she can leave and and come and go at all hours of the night. She doesn't have her mom like on her back for any of that or anything. I don't know. Like, I I think if I were Emily, I would just like move into Allie's house, right? I hasn't mean, she? It's not like she's shy done about that already. <laughs> well, it's not like she's shy about sending the wrong signals there, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna bring her like comfort food every single night, mm-hmm. yeah, might as well just at least get the bedroom down the hall, or at least some sort of rotation between like Spencer's barn and Allie's house, just kind of like couch surf for a while. Yeah. I mean, hell, if Arya's staying at Esther's place, I would move into yeah. Arya's old bedroom. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? I think there's a, a huge difference between like whatever happens in like, uh, like, like sonically in like Byron and Ella's bedroom compared mm. to like, you guys, Caleb's a grunter and a screamer and a snore. Yeah. But we digress. Mm. Uh, where were we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of pushing the pillow back and forth, and finally Spencer just grabs it and thrusts it over to Hannah, and she's just like, oh my god, someone please. So Hannah sighs and takes it, and Emily's like, are we still allowed to think that maybe Mary Drake is responsible for this? And Spencer just kind of carefully is placing her blanket over her lap, like Looking arranging a little her touchy. thoughts. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I mean, I know that she's your birth mother, and it's a sensitive subject. And Spencer's like, I don't think this is her. Why would she want to taunt me with this? And Hannah says, well, we could ask her. She's hiding out somewhere like a lying liar. Um, Spencer just like stares at Hannah. If, if she wasn't hiding out, yeah. Yeah. And Hannah, and they start to like notice something. And Ari's like, wait, why did it stop? Because the baby crying has ceased. And Hannah starts to check the phone. Spencer says, I don't know. And I don't care. So Hannah like checks the phone, sees something new on it. It's an animation of like a happy baby. And the message is, play with me, Hannah. AD. And Hannah's like, you guys, I have to keep the phone. It's my turn. She yeah. looks over at Spencer and they all kind of, or Ari and Emily both roll their eyes in unison towards Spencer. Well, the thing makes some more baby noises. And then Hannah's basically like glaring at Spencer. Like this is Spencer's fault. Like Hannah's, Hannah's not too happy with Spencer in this episode. And I think Ari and Emily both kind of notice this tension here. And I think Spencer feels bad, but not that bad. Because she can get this crying baby away from her. Yeah. And we like hard cut to the credits here. It's an interesting cut to the credits. It, it's an interesting 
tactic though because the the whole psychological torture of spencer like the sleep deprivation and all that um but all as a mechanism basically to get the liars together and like hand off the the nuclear football that is this game phone oh the crying baby obviously would trigger some thoughts with Allie. i mean i guess with spencer the whole adoption thing is there's some sort of baby thing there i just would think that like in the uh you know ad writer's room you would want to have like branching possibilities like choose your own terror adventure well i mean i'm definitely watching all these episodes now assuming that i'm watching a twin instead of the real spencer Hmm. so where do you so what do you you think like spencer's just been like kidnapped and like put in a cellar somewhere and possibly tortured with that whole like milgram experiment table the ad resurrected huh i mean the um I can't say that I'm really on the twin thing, but wasn't mm. there something in season five when Allison was back and like somebody had told Spencer something and she didn't mention it to like Hannah during Hannah's like identity crisis. And like, I want to say there was like part of an episode where we were I like, need, I need Spencer's, a detail. I, I can't remember. Sorry. It was one of the, it was one of the dark Hannah sagas where she changes the hair and she's like in the dressing room, you know, staring up and deciding whether or not to, to shoplift again. I remember there was somewhere in that general string of episodes where we were like, Spencer's acting really strange in this episode. Um, hmm. Anyway, that's like five years ago in the show. Um, so Spencer's the shusher, which works. Uh, after the credits, you know, it's the next morning in Lucas's loft. Uh, Hannah walks over to Emily, who has like coffee or tea for her. And Emily's like, you didn't sleep either? And Hannah's like, no, I've been waiting for that phone to screech again. And Emily's like, well, did you hide it? If Caleb finds it. And I was like, no, I put it in my purse. He's not going to find it. And she says this like, duh. And Emily's like, just bewildered. And I was like, what? Guys aren't going to go through a girl's purse because they're too afraid to accidentally touch a tampon. Emily just totally ignores this vintage old Hannah remark here. Like, what a great line. And she just like, whatever, brushes it off. Like, yeah. Come on, you got to savor those, Emily. We don't get those too often with Hannah anymore. Yeah, yeah. Everyone might be the last one. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, dark. Emily says, okay, how long are we going to keep this game a secret? I mean, AD practically dragged Paige into the middle of it. Uh, but just then, the door opens and Caleb walks in. He's jubilant. He's got an arm full of newspapers. And he says, uh, so Mona wasn't kidding when she said she'd get you into the style section. You're on page one. <gasps> he tosses down a stack full of newspapers and we see a picture of Catherine Daly posing for pictures on the front page of the style section there. She's wearing Hannah's black dress. And Emily's like, is this the senator's daughter? Is she like interested now or something? <laughs> is that the senator's daughter? Mm. Emily's like, I could get her. Yeah, I could pull that tail. <laughs> uh, so uh, Caleb picks up the paper and he starts reading it. He says, Catherine Daly stuns fundraising crowd in a fashion forward silhouette from local designer Hannah Marion. And he's giggling and Hannah looks at another copy of it. And Emily snatches it away. She's like, let me see, Hannah. This is great. Uh, and so Hannah lets her take the paper and she's going to like check some stuff on her iPad. She says, I'm going to check the blogs and see if anybody's picked this up. Free press is everything right now. Mm. Mm. And Kale's like, I got one for your mom, for your dad, for grandma, Marin. And I really wonder, did he go pay for all these newspapers or did he do the move where you like, you put your money in the vending machine for one and you just you take them all. 12. Oh yeah. Yeah. So information wants to be free or at least cheap. <laughs> Um, so Emily's just like, Ooh, say one for tonight. You're having drinks of Lucas and the investors, right? 
And Hannah's like, why wait to celebrate? There's a bottle of bubbly in the fridge. And Caleb's like, ooh, I'll get glasses. And then I'll make you both a sensual breakfast. I don't know about celebrating just yet. I feel like this is jumping the gun a little. Hey, morning day drinking. Why not? And she's got this investor meeting. I feel like maybe you want to wait until then. But yeah, get your no, morning no, you drink sh- off. <laughs> you should just get blitzed. <laughs> 10 a.m. Plus, it's, you know, the more drinking they do, the more Caleb's like, Emily, watch me feed the strawberry to Hannah. I mean, the the, uh, the daytime champagne drunk is a good vibe. But then, like, four hours later when it wears off and you can't take a nap because you have, like, shit to do in an investor's meeting, that's not fun. The the worst part of your, your, your Sunday fun day brunch, you know, mimosa blitz is when somebody informs you that it's not actually sunday (laughs) i think it's saturday i believe it's the weekend right now Hmm. um yeah it's the freaking weekend they're gonna have some fun uh so he he bounces off to the kitchen area with uh hannah emily picks up the ipad he's like babe i'm so proud of you she's like well you have to be proud of mona too she really came through in this one and he's like well when i see her i will shake her hand but right now you get a kiss. He does like these like finger guns at her like, right before like they smooch. It's really bizarre. Later on, uh, does Mona get a kiss? I hope so. I am into it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, like like just tongue, like one of those ones where like it's like two minutes of tongue before their lips actually touch. Yeah. Emily's uh, over on the couch, frowning yeah. at something on the iPad. She says, "What's Runway Rebel?" And Hannah says, "Oh, it's this blogger." Zoe Costello, she's into insider fashion, news, and gossip. She's making a name for herself. How rude. On your back. <laughs> yeah. Burn. Like, did, she mention, did she mention Hannah? Um, <laughs> what do you mean on her back? Well, she's making her name for herself on gossip, like this Hannah story. Okay. I guess yeah, yeah. my interpretation of on her back is different. No, 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 no. God, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, fashion's rough, but I don't know. Anyway, um... <laughs> Um, yeah, Kay's like, did she mention Hannah? And Emily's like, uh, yeah, I think so. And she's like staring at that iPad as she reads with some bad news. And so they walk over with the bottle and the glasses. They're so happy. He's like, well, let's hear it. And she's like, uh, let me find another one. So she scrolls some more. And I was like, well, what's it say? And then we see the page Emily's looking at with the headline stolen design on Senator's daughter, which she then reads out loud. And Hannah makes sad, crushed Hannah face. I love that they keep calling her the Senator's daughter. There's a uh, great Fountains of Wayne song with the same name. Uh, but yeah, some serious Hannah face here. And then we're going to go back to the brew. See old Toblerone. He's at the counter. He's taking two like bags of food or something. These big old fucking food bags. And he's got this big grin on his face. He's just happy-go-lucky Toby here. Because uh, y- literally you know, nothing in my life could ever go wrong. <laughs> for, I, for, I feel like I should say now at the top of the episode, like, it's kind of fucked up. They killed off another black character on the show. I mean, more than yeah. a little fucked up. I'm going to be like, I have a lot of humor in, in that vein. So I just want to let people know up front. Like I'm aware I'm not trying to like diss it or anything, but uh, there's some seriously funny shit. Cause I mean, it's, it's so, it's so obvious. It's like, it's like two days to retirement, like, you know, walking underneath like broken ladder ladders and, you know, breaking mirrors. It's like, you just know something horrible is going to happen to Yvonne in this episode. Well, during that scene, I think we called it like five times before it actually happened. We were the whole like, episode. We were like, oh my God, is she dead yet? Well, look, look, her eyes starting to roll back in her skull. Oh no, she's just staring up at him. <laughs> okay. Going, going, <laughs> gone. 
Well, meanwhile, I mean, I think after the scene at the brew, Toby probably has like a dance sequence on his way back to the hospital. <laughs> like him and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like animated birds. Yeah. Um, so There's he, not a so, single thing bad that could happen to me today that I could possibly <laughs> think of. I dare you, God. Go ahead. Try to ruin this day for me. Um, he gets his bags. He goes over to the, another counter and picks up, I think, a single napkin or two. Um, Got to some him. napkins, yeah. Some napkins, but he gets like one. Uh, the door opens. Spencer enters so that when Toby turns around, like, <laughs> Spencer, boom, there's Spencer out of nowhere. about to darken his day. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, hey. And he's like, oh, hey. <laughs> Like, sorry, I've been mean to come by. He's like, it's okay. When you get a chance, Yvonne's out of the coma. And Spencer makes these big surprise eyes. Like, she did not know this already because she's Twincer. Yeah, uh, and Toby she... says she's still got a ways to go, but I'm confident we'll be throwing dirt on her coffin by next week at the latest. And Spencer's like, that is really good news. And he's like, it is. Spencer says, actually, I was just reading about certain drug therapies that proven successful in cases like hers antidepressants uh stimulants uh dopamine agonists like what the fuck she, she doesn't have parkins parkinson spencer what are you talking about this is uh, still the most spencer thing ever <laughs> oh i know of course it is of course she's been like reading up on treatments for yvonne like what did what did she google for yvonne like uh spare tire love interest you know well the only <laughs> what's thing a that proper could... treatment for a uh, inconvenient love interest before the finale the only thing that could be more Spencer than this is next week if there's a funeral, which Ezra, yes, whoever pointed out to us, of course Ezra will be at the funeral because he I loves funerals. Notes, yeah. <laughs> he loves funerals like some people love weddings. But like Spencer will have some kind of just macabre fucked up detail about mortuary affairs that she'll bring up at an impromptu time at uh, Yvonne's wedding. She like probably knows like the density of ashes that result from the average human body or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's listening all this shit off. And uh, in the background, we see that Detective Marco has entered. He's in his off-duty bro clothes. And Toby's finding all this very charming from her. But he's just like, yeah, no, the, the, the specialists have mentioned a few of those things. Hey, I, I don't mean to cut this short, but I do need to get back to the hospital. And she's like, sure, absolutely. And he says, but it was good to see you. But I uh, got cut. Can't leave now because then Marco walks up. Stands next to Spencer before Toby can get out of there. Yeah, Spencer seems like surprised to see him. She's like, hi. Like, Toby does a little bit of like an amical bro nod, detective. Well, he's, you can kind of see him like edging towards the door. Yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, so Mark is like, Toby, it's really good to see you up on your feet. You know, we're all pulling for her. Thanks. Um, if you excuse me, God damn it, I've got to go. <laughs> I wasn't fucking kidding about needing to go. <laughs> my wife could be dying right now. Oh, shit. She's not my wife yet. Spoilers. Oh, that would how if that, what if that was the episode where Toby just like elongated like errands that he runs to like plan all these like surprises for Yvonne oh, and, she's back and she's been dead for two hours. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. And he just like he's throws like, his cell phone at the nurse. I had my fucking phone on me. <laughs> he's like getting the special flowers that he gave her on their first date, like finding the the finest breads and cheeses and wines to you know make her you know lunch in bed or he's just doing all this shit yeah, he finally yeah. comes back and she's and they're just like cleaning the room because she's been dead for two hours uh, oh poor yvonne who's <laughs> the character who i never disliked but no it's 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 awful because there's nothing wrong with yvonne except the fact that like 
it's like they gotta clear the decks for the shippers like sorry for sorry liam and jordan and and every other relationship you you gotta go which is the way they handle the ship politics up until her expiration is fascinating this episode but uh I think the only problem with the Yvonne character ever was Toby and Spencer. <laughs> if they hadn't happened to her, her life would be great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Her mom was a rising political star. Yeah, yeah. She was working the campaign. Yeah. And then she she lives in a trailer for a while. She gets hit by a car, wakes up, marries this tool, and dies. What a well, life. Like, what, what is Yvonne's take on Caleb like right now in the show? Like, does she hate him? Like, has Toby been able to successfully explain, yeah, I'm sorry that, like, salacious detail about your past that got out, that Caleb might have been involved with or he took the fall. Uh, I mean, like, Toby you know probably I mean? covered for her. He's, he's a good bro. He wouldn't do it. I punched him out anyway. It felt good. That's how we settled I, these I think I think Yvonne's feelings with Caleb were a little more complex because when Caleb started dating Spencer, I think she relaxed a little. She's like, okay, good. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Yeah, you you date her. They're together. No worries. And then suddenly, uh-oh. Like, if, I'll bet K, uh, Toby probably didn't even tell her. Like, he, he probably did not pass along the gossip that, by the way, Spencer and Caleb broke up. Because that's mm-hmm. just bad news, no matter how you deliver it. Plus, I think, I'm sure she was like, yeah, Spencer and Caleb, that actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Like, Toby just grinds his teeth. <laughs> uh where were we? Anyway, Marcos. I gotta here. fucking go already. <laughs> uh, so he takes off, and Spencer and Marco turn to face each other. Apparently, like they plan to meet here. It seems like, but now it's a little awkward because Toby was I, there. Yeah, I can't tell. Um, well, he says, so, "Do you go for the fancy stuff?" And she says, "No, I prefer full strength." He's like, "Thought so." As if you needed to ask. Come on. I'm sure that's in her file, right? Probably, yeah. Along with methamphetamine use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he goes back to the counter and he orders from the barista. Excuse me, two coffees, black. Get it too. Uh, so the barista, she just like gives him a head nod and he just turns back to Spencer. Can, can you do this at a coffee shop where you just place your order but you don't pay? Like you wait for the coffee to be finished before you pay? Do they ever pay? I don't know. I think... The, this Rosewood coffee shop, these poor employees are just used to being steamrolled <laughs> by these entitled asshole customers. I mean, it's uh, a, you know, they get away with it because it's a TV show. But I feel like if you go to a Starbucks and you're like, mocha, and then you just turn around and like have a conversation with somebody else and you wait for your mocha to be done, that doesn't fly. Yeah, I mean, if you're just like, yo, give me some Java. Uh, if you need me, I'll be over here flirting. <laughs> A potential murderer. I guess they're lucky that there's never a line. Although, what kind of like how is this ship run if like Ezra's your captain? <laughs> yeah. Well, they lost their first mate, apparently, and we'll get to that yeah. later in the episode. Yeah. R.I.P. So so he turns back to Spencer and he's like, So uh I hadn't heard back from you about my buddy in Jersey who's really good at finding people who don't want to be found. Did you get my message? And she's like, I did. Um, but I just think maybe not right now. I, I have to focus on people in my life who aren't missing. She's Maybe just not. like Miles Corwin. Yeah, I already tried him. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out your buddy in Jersey is my buddy in Jersey. Um, he nods considering he kind of pivots to like, would that include me? And she seems a little surprised. Like he'd go there, but then she kind of smiles like maybe a little flattered. And he's like, 
what are you doing today? She's like, well, I was just going to send out some resumes. And he's like, come with me. She gives him crazy eyes and she says, where? And he's like, come with me and find out. It's the weekend. I actually had the day off and a little activity might be good for your shoulder. It might help get your mind off everything that's been twisting you up lately since you're emotionally constipated. And she's like, that does sound really nice. He's like, you'd actually be doing me the favor. I can get that frown off your face. Make me feel a lot better about not finding the person who shot you. She thinks about it, looks past him. Then she walks past him, goes over to the counter where the bris is waiting for their coffees. And she's like, actually, can I get those two coffees to go? And the bris is like, actually, can I get you to fucking pay for these? (laughs) Fuck my life. Uh, Marco tries to be cool about all this. Yeah. Like a string of like photos up above the counter, and Ezra's like, "These people never pay. Don't even, don't even try." Wow, just uh, they drink for free. I don't. Would Ezra yeah. do that? He wouldn't do that. Sabrina would not let that fly. I don't think she's a stickler for the rules. Yeah, well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How does that affect your uh, Sabrina's A theory? It puts a damper on it. That's okay because I've transitioned to twins her now. The trick is you also have to have five or six theories floating in the air, so you just move her to whichever one feels good. It's a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of Ezra's place, uh, Caleb's there on the phone. We see a bunch of his hacker gear, and he's just like, can you confirm that with the front desk? Uh-huh. Um, well, he's got like all this hacker gear spread out in front of him like on the table there, because uh, Arya and Hannah are having a meeting here. Interesting that they brought all this over to the Ezra's place. We got to yeah. talk before we get into this conversation. We got to talk about Ari's outfit here. Yes, please. Because it's something. It's uh, she's got a leather jacket on, or like pleather or something, where like it's black except for the sleeves are like like cheetah print. Mm-hmm. And then she has uh, just like a tight red shirt on, but like with this like massive cleavagey low low neck front. Out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, Arya never wears stuff like this. But for some reason, she has, this, like, super low-neck red shirt, like, bright red shirt on. This is, like, the same vein of fashion of Arya from uh, uh, 620 in, like, the booty shorts when her and Ezra, like, finally, like, recouple. <laughs> well, she's, know, definitely, like a, she's definitely approaching, like, like mob enforcer, like, slash floozy territory, you know? Like uh, uh, like a like a Jersey housewife who just found out that her her husband might be in the mob and now like now he's in jail she's got to take over the business a little like Dre D'Amato from The Sopranos maybe um, just yeah you, you get the feeling that she's mobbed up she's already a maid woman mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah she is <laughs> so anyway Hannah says no names were mentioned but the scoop came from an anonymous source. You can't smell anonymous, spell anonymous without AD. And Ari's like, well, technically there's no D in anonymous, but whatever. I get your point. <laughs> Are you sure that it's legit? I love Ari in this episode. She's so good. She's so, I, this, this makes me wonder, because I know there was a thing in all the, the round of interviews where Lucy Hale was like, for the <laughs> Give first time. Give me a fucking new plot line. <laughs> well, for the first time I went to the writers and I said, here's some things I want to do on the way out. And they were like, okay. So I wonder if she was just like, I want to be a little like saltier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to pull a knife on somebody if I could. Um, <laughs> I'd like to rough up Chloe Bridges. If that's all right. <laughs> I mean, if you want to pay me for it too, I'll do it on camera. I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And it says that post has been reblogged at least 500 times in the last half hour. What if Claudio Greco actually reads it? 
The story makes it sound like I stole from her. This is where Arya should be like, Hannah, are you sure that these aren't Tumblr reblogs? Because those straight up mean nothing. Uh, no, she says, uh, are you sure this isn't just some blogger trying to drum up hits with gossip? And Hannah says, blind item, blind girl. The post probably came from Jenna. Oh, wow. <laughs> Arya's like, oh my God, you're so insensitive to the visually impaired, Hannah. Like, Hannah's just just on it lately. Like, she can't mention Jenna without, like, the blind disc. It's like where she just calibrates her best material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hannah, by the way, has, like, a weird camo jacket on. Maybe she thinks she's going to be doing dirt later. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe that's the reason for this. I mean, I, she's like, if, if we can't talk shit about the blind, then who can we talk shit about Arya? They can't hear us. <laughs> and it says, first her and her bodyguards try to ruin my face at that cobbler shop. Cobbler shop. And now they're trying to ruin my career. Then Caleb gets off the phone. He comes over to update the ladies. He says, so Jenna checked out of the Radley last night, late last night. That's like, he's just like the go-to guy for like, who checked out of Radley last night? I wonder though, is he still like on the payroll as like the Radley Hotel Dick? Maybe. I mean, I got the feeling it was a sort of freelance type job. So he just mm. comes and goes as he pleases. Hmm. Hmm. And so Hannah says, "We have." I to just, I just her. want to say real quick in my in my fan fiction version of that, the actual Hotel Dick is basically uh, uh, John Polito from Big Lebowski. You know, like I'm a brother Seamus. What the fuck is that? Like an Irish monk? Just stay the fuck away from my special lady friends, all right? I'm trying to think of a line I can't right now. <laughs> uh, it's late. Today's been a shitty day. Uh, anyway, Hannah says, we have to Yeah, find yeah, her. yeah, Delfino. Fuck off. How <laughs> uh, can so you take Arya's her like... back to the farm when she's seen Carl Hungus? Yeah. <laughs> Arya says, We will, Hannah. And he says, I think I know how we do that. Sydney, what's your name? I love how nobody knows her name. I and wish they kept that going a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like, I could do that to Sydney's face. Or it's like, uh, Driscoll, I think. She's so on point. It's like not having Ezra around is unlocking her adrenalized hyper reality. Like when George stopped having sex. Exactly. Like, like that. Carter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gabe's just like, also, Aria discovers that when she eats sandwiches in bed, she's even more turned on. <laughs> And cheese, big blocks of cheese. Yeah, it was like whatever. Sydney helped Jenna get past us. Got her to the blind school. She can lead us to Jenna. And Hans like, yeah. Before Jenna makes me roll the dice and gamble away my future. And Ari kind of like shoots a warning glare at Hannah for bringing up the game. And Caleb's like, wait, what? What dice? Hannah's like, fuck. Figure speech. What's the plan? And he says, well, my guess is they're in communication. So we use Sydney to track down Jenna. Arya says, and how do we do that? Just say, pretty please tell us where Jenna went. And Caleb says, well, if I run you through some blue snarf basics, we can get what we need through Sydney's cell phone. Oh, man. Hat tip to Brian Holdman for blue snarf basics. Well, I wonder if that line that Hannah had, was it last week about like, uh, like no more snarfing? Like, was that just forced in just to like bring this up again so it's not been... I don't know, half a season or more. Since I feel like the term blue snarf. a true PLL fan should not need a reminder at all. They should know what blue snarfing is. I just love that how many times it has been mentioned on the show, <laughs> like since season five. Um, 
Yeah, so Hannah follows Caleb over to his gear case, but Arya sees something else that catches her attention. She heads over to the TV. Caleb's like doing his cue thing. Like he holds up a pen. He's just like, a pen of a listening device. And if you click it three times, it blows up. Yeah. Um, Let's start with the simple stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arya turns up the volume on the TV because Nicole Gordon is on that TV. Nicole's got her arm in a sling. She's being interviewed as a special report, like exclusive here on Channel 9. You put that she looked tired. I thought, all in all, considering she came out of a jungle, she looks pretty good. Oh, she looks, I mean, she looks like radiant in some regard, but like definitely like it's, it's a, it's an affected, like she's not wearing makeup, yeah. you know, surprising yeah, lack of glammed tan. up. Yeah. I mean, also, yeah. aren't you at least especially thinking like what bones do they have to re-break? Just the arm? And it's probably like the radius or the ulna. Mm-hmm. Do you know I've broken my wrist five times? Mm-hmm. Wow, you need to work on your uh, jerk technique. Um, I was a, I don't know, a rambunctious kid, I guess. <laughs> there's, there's, it's not that there's not a joke there. It's, there's too many jokes there. It doesn't look like that bad of a break. It's not, um, her elbow isn't part of the cast. Like she can bend her elbow. So it can't be that yeah. bad. Um, so she's like, oh, no, it sounds obvious, but love and imagining seeing Ezra again. Um, well, Arya, she's just watching darkly enthralled. Like you can see her her glass eye twitches at the mention of Ezra there. Um, on screen, we see like picture in picture window of like Ezra and Nicole being reunited in the jungle just to stick it to Arya again. Um, so she's and Nicole says, being able to focus on him really kept me tired to something real in the middle of that night. I don't know why it's like it's turning the George Harrison as I say it. Sorry. <laughs> well, even Arya's hair, like she kind of has her her hair like a little bit over one eye, not a ton, but just a little. Like this is just a different vibe from Arya we're getting this half season. Uh, just darker and more complex. It's great. The only thing I would have done differently from like a directing slash cinematography standpoint was I would have literally just had a shadow fall over Arya's face as she watches this. <laughs> Kiriskuro, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Nicole needed something to focus on, being in the middle of a nightmare and all that. Caleb, he's like still rambling on about his tech shit. Really giving Hannah the, like the lay of the technology land there. But then Hannah looks over and she sees this Arya-Nicole situation unfolding. And she's like, Arya? And Arya like turns to face them and then on TV and Nicole says, just knowing that out there in the world and Caleb's just like, Hey, you gonna watch that weekend? And Arya's like, no, <laughs> and she just turns off the TV. She's like, no, I don't. Just another reminder that there's nothing I can do until Ezra's done helping her. And obviously she still needs him. She's so chill about this, but you know, she's going to go choke someone out soon. She's chill, but like she seems delusional too. <laughs> Well, in her mind right now, Pictunia is saying, Arya, channel R of your anxiety into making a hat out of Sydney's ass. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so Caleb and Hannah. That's, that's not bad, Pictunia. Caleb and Hannah are like trying not to look too pitying at Arya right now, but they're doing the math. They, they're thinking about who needs to. And Arya's like, oh, guys, don't give me the sad eyes. You, t- you two found your way back to each other. Ezra and I will too. And she kind of has smiles. And nobody dares mention that, like, Caleb shipping is so much different than Ezra shipping. So, you know, be careful there, Arya. 
but to me personally, and I know I'm I'm much different than most Halo fans, but like uh, <laughs> this is still a tenuous situation. It feels it feels weird. Like it's it's like the foundation of Halo has been like rocked. There's still some cracks there, especially since Caleb. It's like the first time he hasn't brought up their breakup. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, yeah. But like he continued to streak. But uh, I wonder though, like. Was he just like, we'll get out of your hair if you need to watch this, or like, we'll hang out with you if you want to watch it? Is he going to be like, Aria, watch me feed this popcorn that, that Hannah sultrily like? <laughs> yeah, so meanwhile at the hospital, Yvonne is still sleeping in her bed. So the machinery beeps around her. And we pan around to see that Emily is watching sadly. Uh, then Toby Emily's comes. like, so that's what Yvonne looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who you are. Toby comes around the corner. He's got two styrofoam cups of coffee for them. And he says, has she said anything? And he says, sometimes she smiles at me when she sees me, but she hasn't spoken yet. And Emily kind of nods sadly and they sigh and watch Sleeping Beauty for a moment. And he says, after the accident I had when I was still in police academy, I remember waking up in the hospital, not knowing where I was at first or if anybody even knew how to find me. Oh, burn. No one even there for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily's like, uh, sorry, man. I was kind of busy that day. <laughs> and Toby's <laughs> like, I know she feels like that and she can't tell me. Or can she? Because off screen, we hear her say, Toby? And he's surprised. He kind of throws Emily a look and rushes into the room to take her hand. And he turns back to Emily and says, Would you mind getting the nurse? And Emily's like, Sure. So she runs off to get the nurse. And Toby just makes like concerned Toby faces. And now like the, the countdown officially begins. Like how long can Yvonne last before dun, the dun, inevitable dun, aneurysm dun, puts dun. the kibosh on this? Yeah. Yeah. It's like put the 24 o'clock up on the screen. So uh, let's watch this countdown. Toby's dude. just like, I rented us a yacht to take on the <laughs> lake. It's called the false hope. <laughs> Have you ever seen the end of on her Majesty's secret service? I've seen everything but the end of that movie. <laughs> Oh, good God. Um, like it's a great callback to, to five twelve when Toby is in his his second car accident or whatever. His, his first one, like when you know when he with the, the yeah, we don't thing that like, T bones him. Yeah, we don't witness it, but the like, car T bones him or whatever. And like they're all like doing like shenanigans at the Radley and all that stuff. But uh when he mentions police academy, my first thought was like it's a reboot of Police Academy, but with Keegan Allen instead of the Gutenberg. You know, watching him in this episode, for some reason, I thought, you know, he could just take all of Mark Wahlberg's roles. And I don't think you, there's really a drop off there. You have like less mass hole and more just like doofus. Even even like the uh, the watered down Wahlberg shit, like uh, I'm I'm thankful to say I've never seen one minute of like Entourage, but oh, I'd be yeah. more inclined if Keegan Allen was a star. It would be a What's, totally different thing though, because he doesn't. What's up, bitches? I'm playing Aquaman. Yeah, he doesn't have that like cockiness, I guess. Yeah. Anyhow, we're gonna go back to Lucas's loft. Caleb and Hannah walk in. Caleb says, I just want to grab a couple more GPS trackers and then we'll head out. And Hannah says, all right, but hurry, because Ari already has a lead on Sydney. So he goes back into the bedroom. And Hannah Real goes, couple shit yeah. on PLL. <laughs> Hannah sighs and puts her purse down. Then the uh, the game phone beeps in her purse. So she gets it out and looks at it. And there's like this like 
loud like brass fanfare that plays. Da, da, da. Yeah. And it's like, time to play. And just a big old stress to bright breathing from Hannah and it beeps again. And now we see a little graphic of a door and the words answer the door. And then on cue, there's two like very heavy, very slow knocks on the door, like boom, boom. Nicely done. Eh? I, I love the timing on that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because A had to have been like around the corner with like a hand truck or something with this uh, with this yeah. doll that she's going to leave there. Uh, yeah. Then we hear uh, like Hannah doesn't move at all. And then Caleb calls her in the bedroom. He's like, Hannah, have you seen my gear bag? The uh, green backpack? And there's like three more knocks, like louder and more intense, like a goddamn like monsters pounding on the doorway. Mm-hmm. So Caleb comes around the corner and he sees Hannah just standing there confused. And he's like, Hannah? Who's banging on the door? So he strides over and opens the door and he just stares out into the hallway. He freezes and hands watching him. She can't see past the door to see what it is. She's just terrified. Yeah, terrified of what it could be. She's like, what is it? And he kind of turns her slowly frowning. He says, it's you. And then lets the door kind of creak open wider. Hannah steps closer to see and oh shit, it's a mannequin with blonde hair out in the hallway wearing a stitched on Hannah face from uh. 701 from when like Caleb ripped it off and just ultra dread Hannah face. That is a pretty goddamn creepy, gross mannequin there. Yeah. yeah. It's also, it's, it's dressed like Hannah too. I feel like that's yeah. important. It's got like her styling. Also, I couldn't help but think of the, the bit in the office when uh, Dwight cuts off the uh, CPR dummies yes. face and wears it. <laughs> well, to me, this is like the difference between this episode and last episode is like last episode. We got the cobbler shop. And this one, it's like, what if there was a mannequin Hannah that had her face, but it was stitched on like leather face, you know, like it's just, I mean, it's got that extra panache to it. Last week's wasn't bad, but I, I almost feel, and I don't know how much this happens in TV anymore, but I feel like the Hannah storyline from last week was like, they had to work off of somebody's like spec PLL script. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just and didn't just make trying- any sense. Like if you cut out the Jenna part of it, nothing changes like it's just they needed to give her something to do like i don't know it was weird yeah it was just a lot of like these these temporary little moments i mean really even even the aria stuff i don't know that i mean like if you didn't have the stuff of her and holden and him stopping her from confronting nicole and stuff and like say you just missed 712 it it moves it along a little bit yeah you're not missing that much I mean, it's more entertaining, but mm-hmm. like, it's not like you're you're missing anything there. Anyways, I like the little insert though they do of the like uh, uh, the different angle on the door pounding and shaking mm-hmm. when it gets more intense. Um, just the heightened reality of the show is so good. But uh, so after the commercial, we've seen that they brought the mannequin inside, and it's like standing As behind the do. couch facing them. Yeah, well, cause, I mean, do you want to be the neighbors who like finds this outside somebody's door? <laughs> um. So they're sitting on the couch. She's informed him of everything. And he's like, you mean you guys have been sitting on this since? And she's like, the game showed up a couple of days after the blind school. We've been hiding at Spencer's. I'm sorry. We should have told you sooner. And he's like, and there's a phone. Hannah, phones have cameras. They can watch. They can listen. Didn't I tell you this like three seasons ago? Um, and she's like, I know. Okay. But so far it only tells us whose turn it is, which ignoring his point. Mm-hmm. Um, which well, his point I, is I think the latter valid. assume at all times they're being watched and just go with it. You know? Well, I think I think their sisterly bond is such that, like, look, don't change clothes in front of it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, um, as, as uh, Spencer told Emily that one time, uh, wear pants, <laughs> no skirts. Yeah, wear, wear panties, yeah. 
Um, and I was like, I know, okay. So far, it only tells us whose turn it is. And he's like, what? Like Simon Says? And she's like, yeah, kind of, but meaner. They're really so like she's... hitting all the uh, the good old game references here. <laughs> Jumanji, yeah. Simon Says, Candyland later. Yeah. It's a shame because I really wanted to play sexual Jumanji with you. Um, so she stares over at the mannequin and then back at Caleb. And she's like, you really thought that was me? <laughs> and he's like, hey, you know, I got a little aggro and I found out it was a doll. That's why its face is all messed up. It fucks too. Well, so um, it's he like, gets up and walks over to it. Sorry, Hannah. I got a little aggressive with your fake face when I found out you were a doll. <laughs> That's a little weird, but sure. Well, it's, it's, you know, also you have to understand I had just cheated on my girlfriend and I had to take it out on some kind of effigy of you. So whatever. <laughs> um, also I hadn't showered in like 48 hours. It was a stressful time in my life. Um, so she's like, I don't want to hear the doll. And he's like, we have to, if it's part of 80s game, it probably has something to say. So he finds a string on the back. He pulls it. And this like recorded little girl voice says, for more information, please see the appendix. And I was like, please see the appendix. What does that mean? It's like there was no instruction manual or rule book, which how awesome would that have been? Kayla's just like, let me see the source book. <laughs> I've DM'd a few so, times in my day. I am, after so all, a hacker. What you say is you have to roll a natural 20 to survive the show? Fuck. <laughs> uh, I mean, so many goofy D&D jokes about uh, Toby rolling a one on charisma. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think Yvonne rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> so Kayla says that's so stupid and I'm laughing at it I know. <laughs> oh and, man oh, I missed you <laughs> Anna says well if it was on the phone we haven't been able to find it and he starts inspecting the Hannah doll like he's looking for clues or, or maybe he just wants to give it a sensual massage yeah he's got those light Practice. touch fingers yeah and he says maybe I should take a look at the game board and she thinks it over and she says well, there's these little pieces that look like the five of us. If you're not on the board, I don't think you're invited to play. No voice allowed, Caleb. And he says, I'm not trying to get in on it. I'm trying to get inside of it. Hashtag. That's, that's what, what she said. said. <laughs> if I can figure out how it works, maybe I can find out who made it. And Hannah says, can you just turn it around? I don't want to look at it anymore. And she turns away. Yeah. She's creeped out, but maybe a little more chill now that she's kind of gotten this secret off her chest with Caleb there. Yeah. They brought the cyber wolf in. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good point that we talked about the massage debate of who could does a better massage, Toby mm-hmm. or Caleb. Mm-hmm. I still think Caleb probably does a better massage. Um, I feel like Toblerone's probably a more generous lover, though. Really? I do. I really do. Okay. I think I think Toby's probably realized that it's probably best just to focus on his partner. And I feel like Caleb's probably a little more selfish. Go on. Oh, that's all I got. Okay. Do you do you disagree? Gut check. I mean, I guess I've always been assuming that Toby being taller has a little more more to offer, if you know what I mean. So I don't know how that plays into your theories, but okay, like you want to like just get up and close personal with like Keegan Allen's hand just to like test that theory. <laughs> like, how big are his feet? Big enough. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're going to <laughs> stop talking about Toby's dick and cut to the are local. We? <laughs> Aren't we always? Um, Cut to the local rec center. Spencer and Marco walk in and she thanks him for holding the door open. And they walk down the hall. These two women with yoga mats walk past and we can hear like an aerobics class or something. It's like happening just off screen somewhere. At least it it seems like this is a a busy happening place and not just the usual hallway. 
and Spencer says, is this where we're going? And he says, Marco says, I thought we might engage in some recreation. Yes, what a weird thing to say. How do you feel? And he leads her around the corner to a room with a foosball and ping pong tables in it and says, about ping pong. And Spencer's like, oh, that's the plan. And she just kind of like sashays into the room, drops her purse on the table, and she says, we're going to volunteer for a few hours, work with some kids, take my mind off my troubles. I know we don't ever really say this, but like, you guys... Troyan's really good in this scene. I, you like know, this I whole storyline. I didn't really pick up on it the first time I watched this, but she's being snarky as fuck in this scene. Like it's, like, it's just barely avoiding bitchiness, you know? Like, oh no, you, is that how you take it? I take it as she's just being playful. Like she's like purring and playful and just having fun with this. Like this is their. Well, she's playful. This but is like, their romantic sparring. There's a, there's an element of condescension, I guess, where it's like, I mean, she's. She pulls it off without being mean about it, but I feel like somebody else, you know, like if Toby tried this move, it would not land. Well, because this guy's a lot different guy than Toby, but uh, you might be projecting a little bit there. I think she's um, she's testing him, and I think he's not really like failing. Is how I kind of took. Okay, it. well let me let's let's back it up and and run this. I'll be Spencer, you be Marco. Are you sure you don't want to do the other way around? Yeah, because I, I want to kind of give you the tone that I'm picking up here. Okay. Okay, so Spencer says, oh, that's the plan. We're going to volunteer for a few hours, work with some kids, take my mind off my troubles. Are you always a cynical when someone tries to do something nice for you? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, let me try this again. Ping pong. I feel great about ping pong. I mean, there. There I will give it to you. But later on, yeah. So he's like, much better. Good, but why here? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, sorry. Called ahead. Had a buddy reserve the room. We'll have this place to ourselves. She tilts her head and kind of shoots McCoy smile, and she says, did you move senior Zumba for me? <laughs> that is so thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I... I feel like there's a playfulness there. She's definitely challenging well, she's, him. She's a definitely bit. playful. I, I, she pulls it off. But what I'm saying is, like, I feel like there's a little bit of an edge there, where she's walking a fine line. I would say, okay, I guess edge. Yes, uh, I guess the word that like uh, I immediately disagreed with was probably condescension, but mm-hmm. it might be there. Um, I don't, I don't interpret this as like negative. She's like hating any of this or anything. I think she's definitely curious to see. You know, he's not doing some big grand thing. He's doing something very little. And she knows that he has an angle. Um, but yeah, Toby could not pull this off. Yeah. Also, yeah. Toby's wife is dying, you guys. Speak of the, speak of the dude. Uh, time to go back to the sad-ass hospital room. Toby is uh, there sitting next to Yvonne. He tries to hand Yvonne his, his blue ball. And he <laughs> says, can you pick it up? And she just stares at it. And she says, what if I can't? And he says, clearly, this is a metaphor. Grab my blue ball. I uh, know he says, this is just a test just to see where you're at. She doesn't move an inch. She's not even trying. And he says, mm. we won't know until you try. So she really summons some strength and reaches into his hand and picks up his ball and surprised and pleased with herself. I mean, I, I guess she's not paralyzed then, or at least, you know, her hands Well, I work. think that's that's her thing is that if she doesn't take the test, you know, she won't fail and like sure. be forced oh my god my i'm paralyzed my hand doesn't work or whatever yeah. yeah so toby says good 
And she squeezes Toby's blue ball and she smiles some more. And he says, okay, now put my blue ball in your left hand. Give it a good squeeze. And so she slowly does this and he's got a big old grin on his face and she's just like cupping his blue ball in her hand and squeezing it gently. And he says, okay, one more. This one's from me though, not the doctor's. And then he unzips his pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just a oh. horrible take. There's, there's always a line and we cross it. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the next bingo card. How long before we cross that line? Bros cross the line. Bingo. Uh, no, he says he's uh, he brings it like his fist over from his pocket and he opens it up to reveal two rings in his hand. And she shoots in this look like, seriously? And he says, I- I've been waiting for days. I don't want to wait anymore. I think we should do it today, right now, because you'll be dead soon. What do you say? And she kind of half sighs and thinks like, nah, fuck it. I'll be dead soon. And she manages to reach into his hand and pick up one of those rings. And she says, I say, and like kind of struggling a little, she slides it onto Toby's finger. And she says, I say, I do. And they smile and hold hands. And she looks like she's going to cry because she knows her life is now forfeit. Oh, my baby girl, you have made me so happy. Um, This is the kind of sequence where I feel like the character Yvonne would only be so enthusiastically overjoyed about this because she knows she's dying. Well, otherwise she'd be like why don't i just you know get better and get out of here and walk down the aisle why don't i do that did you see the the tweet from marlene where she's like this is like the most romantic death or something well that's yeah well here's the thing yeah, like uh... if 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 these two like like say like toby had been dating yvonne regularly for most of the show and this mm-hmm. was like a a known character that we cared about like this would be a really tragic episode but instead, it just mm-hmm. feels like they're just like brooming her to the side because they're done with her and it's time for the real ship again. You know, like they're, it, it's hard to really feel the emotion, even though they're they're both giving it their all here. But it's hard to really feel it because it seems so inevitable. Yeah, I think for for Imar King's tweet to really land, I also needed to be able to cite like 3000 tweets of her <laughs> saying Yavobi. I mean, if, um, if this was Spencer, for instance, like, oh, shit, this would be a totally tragic scene, episode, but it's not. So it's just oh like, my God. Wah, wah, wah. Just try to imagine all the liars getting like their deathbed scene. I feel like when Arya, if Arya were to die in this situation, she would die with just like a big wide eyed anime eyes, like fixed gaze out <laughs> Of the screen I mean, right at all of us. I think I've already told you how I want her to die. No. What if they did like uh, a weird thing where in the season finale or the series finale, they like keep jumping forward in time to each of the liars deaths, like, like over the course of, of decades and decades. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> that'd be weird. Like Spencer's is like in the year, like 34,000. Well, I think they eventually, she's cut like to cyborg. Mo- they eventually cut to Mona and it's like, yeah, in the far future. And she's like, I'm immortal bitches. <laughs> she's like has anyone seen the uh, future stuff in the fountain because that's me mm-hmm. um <laughs> also two things caleb would be like actually marlene i think it's pronounced la petite more um also i'm just picturing the uh, pll like instagram thing they do or like a big picture of toby and like the big text block next to him that's just like grab my boob my blue ball <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Copyright Benjamin Light 2017. Evobi, yeah. So we're going to go back to Luke's loft. The man himself 
Euphobia sounds like a, a condition, like a malaise that you fall under that only the French can name. <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, the man himself has returned to Lucas's loft. Lucas is here. He's talking, sure to, daddy himself. Yeah. talking to Hannah as she paces back and forth. She's throwing a sheet over the Hannah doll to kind of disguise it. Mm. And Lucas is saying, apparently one of the daughters of one of the investors follows Runway Rebel. They know that Claudio Greco is on your resume and it wasn't hard to make the leap. And Hannah says, so now it's just a casual drink. No, I'm sorry. Now it's not just a casual drink. It's an inquisition. He says, look, I don't want you getting nervous, okay? They just need some reassurance. I'll walk them through the numbers, and you just dazzle them with your designs. Hmm. What do you think about this investor situation? My first thought was Lucas can't afford to like fund her fully himself. Like, uh, My thought was like, he 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 dazzled Hannah with like warehouse and I'll fund you and all this. And now he's like investors. It's like he's figuring out how to limit his own liability here. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I, I threw up a bunch of splash, but no, I'm not I'm not footing the bill for all this shit. We're just gonna bring in some angel investors for that. He's like, no, yeah, nobody I'm 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 like the even grosser Peter Thiel over here. <laughs> nobody knows like what's happening when the guy who has the app that finds where you can poop on women's feet starts doing fashion. Yeah. I feel like maybe, maybe he changed his mind or maybe this was his plan the whole time, but he's not going to get too exposed on this deal. Yeah. I mean, the phone part of, uh, uh, liar's lament is like the only thing that I could really like tie Lucas into as far as like Lucas being AD theories. Well, there, uh, there's a, there's a bit in the scene. Let's, let's move on here. Um, where were we? Hannah says, okay, you know what? Say this doesn't go well. What if Claudia Greco actually has the grounds to sue me for taking some of her ideas? And Lucas is like, wait, does she? And Hannah says, no, I'm just saying hypothetically. And he sighs, maybe a little cons- more concerned now, but he's trying to yeah. be chill. And he says, well, then the investors would probably pull out. Look, they want to invest in clothes, not court fees. And Hannah says, and that's the worst? And Lucas says, Hannah, I don't want you worrying about that. And Hannah cuts him off. She says, Lucas, I have to know what the stakes are. And Lucas says, my company can absorb the loss, Hannah. There's a thousand ways I can write this off. And besides, I would not have invested in you unless I believed in a positive outcome. I mean, so not what you want to hear when like, your future's on the line. <laughs> positive outcome. Like, that's a, I don't know. Maybe that's just Lucas's weird talk. But Well, he keeps saying shitty things to her and then telling her to stop worrying about it. <laughs> well, he, she did ask for, you know, the brass tacks. Yeah. Well, like, she wants to know the stakes. And so anyways, he's like, hey, you know what might help? Visual aids, sketches, maybe in a few finished pieces. And he gestures over to the, the thing under the blanket. And he's like, do you mind if I take a look? She like rushes over to stop him as he heads over there. And she's like, no, no, that's just a half-naked dress for him. The, this piece is not finished yet. And he's like, come on, just a peek for your silent partner. And he, like, he tries to reach for it and she stops him. And she's like, Lucas, no, not yet. Just give me the afternoon to put something together. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll see you tonight. Lobby at the Radley. Seven, okay? And she's like, on the dot. So he takes off. She like breathes a sigh of relief. Um, pulls out her phone. Texts. Have to deal with this game. Can or uh, with the game. Can you help Arya find Sydney? This will go to Emily. Um, well, so yeah, a few things here. Number one, Hannah uses a semicolon in that text. Mm-hmm. Have to deal with the game. Semicolon. Can you help Arya find Sydney? That's just odd. Uh, who does that? Number two. Well, semicolon and then just the letter U instead yeah, of the I word know. U. <laughs> Very bizarre. If Lucas were AD or like a helper A, 
pretending to kind of innocently look under the the sheet there, I feel like that's a good misdirect. Yeah. Like if if also if I were writing this and Lucas was on the uh, the evil team, I'd be like, ooh, this is a good little you know joke that people can look back to later. Also, if you're the villain in this case, if you're if you're Lucas and you're AD or a helper and you know what's under there, mm-hmm. you want to be in this moment and you want to taste. You're, you're just messing with her. Yeah. Yeah. You're just fucking with her. And then you want her to like win you over and you want her to feel that sigh of relief when she's like misdirected you away from it. Like you're you're just tasting all the emotions like a disgusting buffet of psychopathness. So cut to Ezra's place or two detectives for the week are Ari and Emily. Because their love interests are out of town, so they get to carry the A-plot. They're uh, <laughs> looking at Arya's Surface tablet thing, and Arya has pulled up Sydney's website page. And Arya says, Sydney gradu- graduated from Berkeley, double major in economics and French. She studied abroad her junior year, and she lives in a loft on the river in Fishtown. Sydney I love- lives in Fishtown, LOL. I mean, I mean, a lot of people do this, especially in the age of social media and Facebook. But it's like, I love the, like... I spent five minutes on your Facebook profile. Here's my entire psychological profile of who you are. <laughs> I want to give you the whole rundown on your situation. Um, but Emily's like, that's some pretty spendy real estate. She's a bank teller? Or he's like, well, private client banking. Banking. Her department services people have a lot of money. Like a lot, a lot. That seems so Emily way too impressive for a job like a year out of college. Like who knew Sydney was such an overachiever? Yeah. And she's um, living in a loft. He's like banker to wealthy French people or something like what the fuck. Presumably you'd think they're wealthy French people because of the French double major. And I feel um, like there's sort of some tenuous a connection, you know, just there's, there's been some French stuff in the, uh, the past season and a half. So maybe she's a's accountant. I don't know. Some, some French stuff. What Yale thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't that where Rick supposedly went? Was France? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's in Paris, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where you know where Edison wanted went. to go. <laughs> and then I put my finger in it. Um, yeah, France is where you go or don't go. <laughs> it's like Schrodinger's Paris. Um, so Emily reads some more, and she's like, she checked into a charity gala for uh, the Manhattan Children's Hospital two days ago. It starts to set in for them, and Arya's like, didn't the congressman's daughter wear Hannah's dress to that? Emily's like, uh, Senator's daughter. And I'm going to bang her. Same thing, Emily. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's not, it's not wrong. Uh, Emily starts typing. She does an XD, XD image search. And we find pictures of Catherine Daly. One of them shows Sydney behind her, like taking a photo of the Senator's daughter. Like it's, it's kind of a hilarious close. photo. It's like Sydney's yeah. just lurking in the background, snapping a photo with her phone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Emily says, there, look, in the corner, looks, uh, looks like we just found the Runway Rebels anonymous source. It's like, do you have to point that out to Ari? <laughs> <laughs> Ari's like, Emily, I'm smart this week. Chill out. Uh, Ari has ginormous eyeballs. Like, saw this. Yeah. Ari says, well, if Sydney weaseled her way into the charity ball in New York, uh, what else has she done for Jenna? And Emily says, the police said that it was a different gun that shot Spencer, right? Maybe the confession Jenna gave to the police was to protect the other shooter. And Ari's like, Sydney. And they both look at the picture of Kathleen Daly there, smiling for the cameras. Sydney taking the photo behind her. And Ari says, and I bet her aim was a hell of a lot better than Jenna's. Zing. <laughs> Ari's like, had to work in a blind joke in honor of my tulpa. Yeah. Emily says, we should be careful. And Ari's like, no, we're not going to confront her. We're just going to get some answers. <laughs> nice euphemism there. 
I just want to go back to so Caleb's supposition about Cindy, what's her name, was that not only did she do the whole drink in your fucking face thing to Caleb and Mona at the Radley, but then he's presumably saying that Cindy then like ran outside where Jenna was waiting in a car to take her to the blind school. Well, he suggested that Sydney drove Jenna there, but I, I, obviously that's not the case. Jenna must have snuck out some other way and like yeah. Ubered it or, or had an old con driver or something. Um, so Lucas is loft. Hannah's at the desk, like with books open all around her. She's on her phone. She's exasperated. She's like, I looked in the appendix of every book in this loft. Nothing. Caleb's on the other end of the line because he's over at Spencer's. And he's like, uh, well, what did you expect to find? And she's like, something, a note, a clue, a pipe bomb. How's it going on your end? We see he's like scanning. What is he scanning the game board with? Well, so, yeah, he's, he's at the barn, Spencer's barn. He's got what appears to be some sort of light pen or something. It's like it's projecting like a like a green laser line. I, I mean, honestly, it looks like a barcode scanner. Um, I don't know what the fuck this thing is. There's a whole, I'm like, not familiar weird... with this tech. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like a like a sonic thing. If he's like sonic screwdriving or whatever. Like, there's a whole like readout thing on a tablet, and he's like checking <laughs> oh. the the figures. I mean, I have no idea what this is supposed to this be. This is this is different than like plas- like placing bugs and trackers on people. This Maybe is a whole it's other like a millimeter wave scanner or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so as he's scanning this thing, he's like, so you guys never use an on or off switch? Never had to plug this thing in? And it's like, <laughs> I like how we were that? just discussing that last week. Yeah. He's like, if it's that, she's like, if that simple, we would have cut the core. So she stares over at the Hannah doll and she's like, the game just does things. Do you think there's batteries inside? And he's like, mm, maybe. He's like scanning over the game pieces. I mean, there's like 12 different types of batteries that could power something like this. I could trace where they were bought. Maybe get an ID on AD that way, but I, I can't even think I'd get inside this thing, which is usually my specialty. I've even tried sticking like little tweezers in the slot on the side, but it won't open. Did we get more, I don't know, Valley with our Caleb this week? Oh, that's always my intention. I mean, I, me more than you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a little more uh, uh, Snake. Snake from The Simpsons, like, Good bad yeah. student loans. Um, <laughs> That's always what I'm trying to work in there, just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you my actual dad, Snake? Um, so hearing this gives Hannah an idea, and she gets up and walks over to the Hannah doll, and she's like, "Did you say tweezers?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Okay, do you remember that game where the guy had the big red light up nose?" And he's like, "Um, Operation." And with that, she like looks at her dummy's face, and she like lifts up the jacket and the shirt, and right above the hip on the right side of the doll's abdomen, there's like a dotted, you know, line written in marker. And she's like, "I figured out which appendix we're talking about." Ad wants me to cut this fucker open, <laughs> and the audience is like, "Yes, we've been shouting, cut the doll for the last like five minutes of the scene." I mean, of course, like uh, the only way this episode could have gone was Hannah had to do surgery on her doll self. Well, and I think. This shot coming up is oh, one God. of the more enigmatic from the trailer. Oh, okay. I don't when even she think I saw like, the preview for last week. Oh, no, no, no. I mean the uh, the general seven B trailer. There mm. was this shot of her with like taking a knife into like, oh, like okay. a body in a morgue, and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Cut to later. Hannah has the doll like laid out on a table. She's even covered most of the doll up with a sheet, except for like the surgery area. Like she's a real doctor here. Uh, she's got like some yellow dishwasher gloves on and she's wearing an apron and she's got a giant fucking kitchen knife and we see her slice into that dotted line in the exposed area and blood starts oozing out. Like wh- why the fuck does the Hannah doll bleed? Oh my God. Like when this happened, I was just like, wow, 
Bravo. That's a lot of blood. And then, like, at the end, it just squirts a huge yeah, gush when, of blood. Yeah, when she cuts deeper, it just sprays everywhere. It's so disgusting. <laughs> Anna, like, pulls the knife back and, like, makes stink face at it because there's, like, blood all over the place now. <laughs> well, it's like, what, a, what an amazing mannequin doll. It yeah. bleeds when you cut it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> then it's time to dig into that cut. She uses, like, some meat tongs. I reach into the slice and pull something out. It's in like a plastic, like watertight Ziploc bag. And we see there's uh it's just like a bag with something in it. And it says, wear me a little note there, some sort of very thin material. Apparently that has been folded up super small mm-hmm. and Hannah's face. is just like, fuck my life. This is gross. This is amazing. I know. <laughs> This is such a this is such a great swan song for Brian Holman. <laughs> um, after the commercial, we're back at the rec room. We see Spencer's phone. It's like three missed calls from Arya. It's over by her purse. We pan up to see Marco and Spencer playing ping pong. Um, yeah, Spencer not noticing all the calls she's missing. She's having too much fun. Um, he's like, 10 all your service," and she laughs. She's like, "She's like, okay, you're good. Are you holding back?" And he's like, "Maybe a little." And she's like, "Don't." He's like, you sure? And she smiles, like a little impressed by his cockiness there. Call it a sneer, but sure. (laughs) You think it's a sneer? I don't know. Like, yeah, she doesn't want anyone holding back on her. No, I I like the, I think she's smiling at the, you sure? Like, he's Mm -hmm. like teasing her there a little bit. Like, you sure you can handle it? And she's just like, (laughs) fool. Um, So they get a little brief volley going on. The ball hits the net. And she's like, 11-10, one more and I win. And he's like, where did you learn how to play? And I want well, her to be notice, like Japan. <laughs> did you know she's like rocking her hips back and forth this whole time? Yeah. There's like it, a manic energy to her more than a little sexual. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so where did she learn? And how then to she play? talks about horseback riding, <laughs> horseback riding camp. She says we couldn't run the jumping course when it rained. So I was ping pong champ for five consecutive summers. Of course she was. And he says, at an all girls camp. And she's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, same one. My mom went to bitch. And she's like beaming with pride until she remembers she's still mad at Veronica. And she's like, my adopted mom. And Marcus says, well, you know, I actually learned how to play on this table right here. Spencer's like, oh, home court advantage. Like, I like how like he's like trying to open up about his childhood right now. And she's just seen it purely in terms of competition. Which is funny because I misremembered this from watching it two nights ago to like doing the notes because I thought she asked him. Because that, you know, like the more, I don't know, the more winning moment for like a like couple building would been like, where did you learn to play? And he'd be like, right here, you know, kind of like the, uh, uh, it's a bad example, but the, um, the Wilden and uh, Pam scene where he's like, oh, or she's like, when did you finally up. start talking? Yeah. About- well, yeah, when she's like, when did you finally start talking about it? And he's just like, right now, like, <laughs> it's a great like misdirect to pull you into my thing. But yeah, no, he well, has he's, to tell her. he's having to do a little extra work here. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's just playing. He's trying to make things a little more personal. Um, so yeah, he says, "Well, the neighborhood was a little rougher then. We ponged hard." Spencer's like, mm, "I like a hard ponging," and he says, "You scared?" And she says, "I've got a few tricks up my sleeve." That she's twins her, mm-hmm. uh, and so he tosses the ball back to her and gestures for her to serve. And she says, "Game point." So she serves, and they volley a few times, and then she switches the paddle to her left hand. And drills like a power smash across the table into the right corner. He doesn't even try to get to it in time. And she's just like, oh, oh, that's game. And like, not to doubt Spencer's skills here, but he definitely let her win. Like, he wasn't even trying. 
Uh, so he I talks- just assume whenever two people play ping pong, unless it unless they're doing the Japanese thing where they're like ten feet away from the end of the table, I'd assume they're both letting each other win. Oh, that's not how Spencer Hastings or myself plays ping pong. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he tosses a paddle down. He's smiling. He says, "That's impressive." Uh, okay, real quick, the ping pong thing here. Do we make anything of Spencer switching hands to win at the end there? Well, uh, of course you expect me to use Capapel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on, on the one hand, Twinter, obviously, you know, some something about the the twins left-handed or whatever. I mean, there's been some weird, like, watches switching sides stuff in the past season. Uh, on the other hand, I play ping pong the exact same way. Uh, and as far as I know, I don't have an evil twin. So, I don't know. Like, it's not that hard to play ambidextrously. I feel like a lot of people probably do that. And ping pong, yeah. 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 It's, you don't need that much control. But they made a point but, of but then again, it. then again, you are your own evil twin. So mm-hmm. read yeah. into that what you will. Um, yeah. So you well, know, well, toss down the paddle. What could be happening here is they just wanted a reason for her like shoulder to start bleeding because she used the other hand. It's I don't know. I I wonder if this will come to something or nothing. I, I think that would be a lot of potential. Um, twinster stuff that you could read into this but uh mm-hmm. i mean it's it's the final it's the final element to make this like perfect cake of like spencer flirtatious sexual tension is to actually work in blood mm-hmm. <laughs> start um, bleeding all over the place yeah yeah so he tossed on that pound he's like that's impressive they come around the table they shake she like holds his hand like both hers she's like thank you seriously i needed this i needed to win on an existential level and Spencer always needs to win on an existential level but that is like Holman's like I need my my meta line mm-hmm. I need to sign off like the most perfect Spencer Hastings line of all time and he's like oh come on I'm the real winner here ping pong and a pretty woman oh subtle beats dog that. yeah beats the hell of spending the weekend at my desk I keep pouring over the forensic styles from blind school I just can't figure out how we can miss the second firearm and she's like mm. are, they, are they just like they like they can't imagine that someone else was there. I guess like that seems like the most obvious explanation. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're. I don't know. I don't know what the forensics aren't revealing. I mean, that place is probably trampled through <laughs> yeah. by who knows how many people. Um, so he's like, the brass is all bent out of shape because the Rollins case is still open. He like looks over and sees this having like all the wrong effects. Well, on you her. can just see all the energy draining away from Spencer because this dude is whining about his job right now. Like, way to go, Anakin. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he was there, and then he just he went too far. He says, I'm sorry. No, you needed a win. I needed a break. End of work discussion. And that's more like it. She grabs a paddle. She says, what do you think? The best four out of seven? Give you a chance to make a comeback? But uh, he's kind of like staring at her now, frowning. And she's like, what? And he says, your shoulder. And we see there's like a little spot of blood on her blouse from her wound underneath. Nothing like a weeping wound for Spencer Hastings. What a G. And uh, he says, I'm going to go see if I can find a first aid kit. So he walks off and there's like Spencer's just getting into it there. So she takes a few breaths and, and then she somehow zeroes right in on this uh, child's drawing on the wall. It's like a watercolor of a woman and a little boy with glasses on and like a handprint next to it. And we see the like a child scrawls written to Gloriana. I love you, Marco. And Spencer smiles at this, but then she hears her phone vibrating because she just missed the phone call from Emily to go with her three missed calls from the Shisher. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. she just doesn't even call him back. 
No. She's like, Whatever. well, I mean, he's about to come in and they're about to have some erotic, like, uh, wound massaging and cleaning. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's backed up. It's too much time. There's not enough time. Um, Meanwhile, so in, the city, in Fishtown. Yeah. We're looking at the storefront for Moorhead James, a uh, private client baking, banking thing. I keep saying baking. Mm-hmm. Um, from that, we kind of nicely Edison. pan down the seat. Yeah. Sorry, good. See, Ari and Emily through the side view mirror of the car. I love this shot. Um, Emily's like just cool getting shot, off her yeah. phone. Yeah. And she's like, Spencer's not picking up for me either. And Ari's like, there's a good chance that Sydney's using her office's Wi Fi. And she starts like fiddling with like the tech hardware in her hand. Yeah, it's and a like, cell. <laughs> there you go. She's like, if the connection's open, I can hack her phone. And so uh, Ari then hands that uh, device that she was speaking over to Emily. And she's like, you'll need this. And Emily's like, and, and I just carry this in my purse, whatever this is. And Ari's like, it's Femicel. Some of some odds that Caleb added. You need to stay close and keep her talking long enough so I can dig around. And so then she like opens up the industrial laptop sitting in your lap and like logs in. And she's like, and then I will throughput all this to the device, uh, into this device. Calendars, contacts, voicemails, emails, texts. And Emily's like, how do you know all of this? And Ari's like, Caleb taught me this morning. She says it so nonchalantly. It, um, it really has a vibe of like Emily's like, when did you become a cyber wolf? And Ari's like, this morning, was I the only one who did the reading? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's so nonchalant. She's like, I've been secretly a Mona, but like the whole Ezra thing has been dragging me down for like seven years. Out of nowhere, fucking MVP. And like, look what she can do when Ezra's out of pocket. Emily's yeah. just like, you, using jargon, the same girl who accidentally had her phone on airplane mode for half a ninth grade. And Ari's like, I catch on fast. I mean, this Emily is just scoffs. tickling all of the Arias a funny bones right now. I'm digging it. Yeah. I, who knew the Shusher was a natural hacksaw? And Ari says, uh, we need to find Jenna. And Emily says, yeah, and find out whether or not she's buying Sydney's bullets. And they look mm-hmm. up and they see Sydney walk out of her office across the street. And Em kind of psychs herself up. She says, here goes nothing. And Ari's like, good luck. And we go back to this cool shot from we're like seeing the side view mirror reflection of emily and aria as emily gets out of the car with her femtocell in her purse and then we kind of move up uh, above the car and we watch emily cross the street to follow sydney nice shot there yeah uh it's good stuff um so we then pan up to hannah in the loft she's holding up some kind of like orange japanese style dress like a pseudo kimono ish um on a hanger making lots of hannah face apparently the dress is very risque um Meanwhile, Caleb's over the game board, like tinkering with it. Uh, he's like, it's short. And she's like, I know. He's like, no, like really short. Like everyone's going to see your spicy tuna roll short. Oh, my God. <laughs> spicy tuna roll. Wow. What the fuck? Wow. What, what, a, what visual metaphor that is. Well, with the dress, a little bit racist. I mean, I think... I think his intention was to kind of like make it thematic there. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily call yeah. that racist, but yeah. Uh, spicy tuna roll. Wow. I mean, <laughs> everyone's going to see your raw fish pussy in that, that kind of short dress. And it says, okay, that's not even the worst part. The investors are from Japan. They're going to be completely offended because I guess this dress is like really racy. Uh, and even though it doesn't look like it, Caleb, Caleb just wrinkles his brow at this. Uh, like through this whole scene, he's only giving her half his attention because he's mostly focused on uh, tinkering at the game board here because they're mm-hmm. over at Spencer still. And Hannah says, I mean, this is the game. I blow that meeting and then AD makes the story go away. And Caleb says, well, although I don't know, this that's not like a great deal for Hannah there. 
like the dress story goes away, but then you lost your investors. I don't know. Like what's, how is that a positive? Yeah. Uh, anyway, but Kayla, I like that, that, that. That's what she reads in it, though. Like yeah. just the dress alone gives her that narrative. Mm-hmm. Caleb says. Meanwhile, the dress pisses off the investors. You lose the business, and Lucas loses a lot of money. And Hannah says, "Yeah, and it will all be my fault." I want Hannah to be like, "Did I just say that? <laughs> Do I so, need you to repeat it back to me, Caleb?" She walks away and sits on the back of the couch. She's very forlorn, and she sighs and says. Yesterday, I was so excited for this meeting. I was going to breeze in there and be the boss. I was going to be impressive and creative and confident. People don't all see me that way. I think Caleb finally noticed that a special lady needs a little TLC right now. So he gets up and comes over to her. And he says, what happens if you just say, screw it, and refuse to play? You flip the board over and you storm out. And we just get a lot more hand face. And so he kind of connects the dots. And he says, AD knows about Rollins. And you could go to jail. And she just makes more Hannah face and shakes her head and says, can he stop this thing before tonight? And he comes, he nods and he comes closer. He's rubbing her shoulders, a little sensual massage there. And he says, I can try. So he just cradles her face and uh, we just get more and more Hannah face. Lots of Hannah face this episode. What if Spencer came home and these two were just doing on the couch? <laughs> Not cool. I mean, oh, it's- Spencer, this is awkward. We're almost done. Is Hannah hoping that Caleb can just magically fix everything? Is that a regression or is that just Hannah? I don't know. Um, maybe I could see that reading. I think it's her trying to find like some reassurance in her relationship. Um, but I mean, also it's okay for her to find that kind of reassurance in the relationship as long as she also knows that she can do this on her own if she needs to. Um, I don't know. I feel like of of the for liars she's been the least well served in the five years forward like it oh yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. just doesn't feel quite the same anymore um anyway let's cut to her her and some extent emily i think somewhat yeah but yeah i don't, I don't know emily's emily's like 75 percent of emily's real estate is taken up by like one of her nine girlfriends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, even the even the the stolen eggs somehow becomes about Allison getting pregnant, you know. <laughs> um, so cut to Sydney like chilling at the ta- on a table on the sidewalk outside a coffee shop, messing around with her phone. Uh, Emily sneaks up behind her and then pretends to walk by cash when she notices Sydney and stops. Sydney, what's it been like five years? And Sydney's like, "Are we really going to do this whole what a coincidence thing?" Who said you? Can I do your uh, your Sydney voice? How's my Sydney voice go? I don't know. You've done it in the past. Are we, Are we really, really going to do yeah. this thing? What a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Who sent you, Caleb or Mona? I mean, like, I can hear it better in my head. Yeah. I can do it. Um, I need to hear her do it. That's my thing of mm-hmm. these bad impressions. I need to hear them and then I can do it. Um, she looks around, scowling at Emily's, like, unfazed. And she's like, doesn't matter. I'm here to talk. I remember about Jenna. Can we talk? Well, Cindy, like, looks suddenly nervous. She nods and sits across from her. And Cindy's like, honestly, I'm glad it's you that's poking around. After everything that went down, I thought I'd be hearing from the cops. And Emily's like, because someone got shot? I was nowhere near there. I was at the Rally Hotel. All I did was deliver a couple drinks to Kayla Mona with a message. Why? Jenna sold it as a practical joke. I was up in Rosewood having brunch with my parents anyway, and it seemed harmless enough. And I don't want to do this voice anymore. Um, <laughs> Emily says, yeah, until Nolcon ended up dead and Spencer ended up in the hospital. And Sydney just makes pouty faces and she's like, and here we are. 
And Emily just stares down until Sydney elaborates. And she says, after high school, Jenna and I drifted apart. And I wish I would have left it that way. Trust me, that's the last favor I'll ever do for her. Uh, and of course, Emily already knows Sid's line right now because of the whole dress business, right? Well, she should. <laughs> yeah, she should. Uh, and but she sold it by the performance. Sydney says, can I ask you a question? And he's like, sure. And Sydney says, I know there's a lot of bad blood between you and your friends and Jenna. I answered a phone call from an old friend and got sucked into a lot of high school drama. What's your excuse? There's something about Sydney's delivery here where it seems like she is being honest and sympathetic at times. Like, I can't quite get a read on it. If this is just part of her, like, yeah. guiling act where she really doesn't want all this bullshit. And, like, I mean, she's been like that with Emily in the past where, like, she's like, no, I, I really did like you, you know? I mean, I, I guess I could see since there's nothing expressly showing that she's flat out lying. I could see where a little bit of all this is true. Like, she mm-hmm. is kind of beholden to Jenna, but she does want to get out of it and she is trying to raise those concerns to Emily because I mean she's basically almost in the exact same situation where shower was you know where it's just like I did care for you I am not your enemy I'm stuck with this person for this reason um yeah I mean I also I mean, want Sydney just maybe she like, just doesn't like confrontation could be could be as a you know personal private banker um but she's like also emily i've been listening to this podcast these two guys do have you regressed five years forward (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so emily considers this but she doesn't really have an easy answer there so sydney just raises her eyebrows uh still gets nothing so she picks up her phone and her coffee cup and she says well i have conference calls all afternoon she walks off leaving emily to just like stew over the end of that conversation um, now, as she goes, like this guy like steps out from behind a planter. I know uh, I think it was Vicky on Twitter was asking us what we thought of this. This dude kind of looks like Joseph Doherty, but is not Joseph Doherty. Um, I think it's just a random. Do you, extra. A, do you have a timestamp on that? I wanted to double check that. I didn't get a chance to go back. Oh, sure. It's like, uh, well, I don't know if your episode matches up with mine, but right at the 25 minute mark. Okay. So you check on that. Um, anyway, Emily grabs her purse to leave and she goes and rejoins Ari in the car. Ari has been busy. She says, Sydney's got an appointment in her calendar for later today, Vogel Vision Institute. And Ari has Sid's whole calendar up on her hacking computer there. We see later today on Sid's schedule, she's got yoga at six and drinks with Jen and Laura at nine. And Emily's like, then she lied to me. Like, no shit, Emily. You knew that. You should have known that. Uh, yeah, when we were watching, I was joking that Aria, like they needed to cut to Aria doing that thing with the hands, the, uh, <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this dude is just a dude. He looks. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe him just would already have the same glasses. Like, that's end of similarities. Okay. And he um, says, I mean, is she taking Jenna to the eye doctor? Another favor? And Arya holds up what looks like a like a thick pen cap, but it's obviously like some hacker tech. And she says, I say we get there first and find out. Man, I'm just loving badass hacker Arya. So they both mm-hmm. buckle up and drive off after commercial they have pulled up and they're watching sydney from the car it's like another location downtown emily's keeping an eye out where aria like adjusts the settings on some of the antenna gear that they've got on the dash there and it's just all like beeping rhythmically and we see sydney has walked on over and entered the vogel vision institute and after sydney goes inside aria makes some more adjustments to her tech and we hear some static humming on the speakers and emily says is it working and Ari says, yeah. And they like share an earbud to listen. I love that. <laughs> so we hear Sydney 
inside say hi just dropping off a deposit for a surgical procedure and the nurse says patient name and sydney says marshall jenna marshall the nurse says while you're here would you like to schedule your procedure and sydney says i'm not jenna like i said i'm just here to drop <laughs> off <laughs> and emily's like jenna's not there and the nurse says all right inspect to get the bill and i'll get to your seat and sydney says no need have a nice day and then Haria says, someone's buying Jenna a new pair of eyes. Can you do that? Like, can you <laughs> and just Rose, get, which you can. Can you just get like an eye transplant and boom, you can see? She's going to get Noel Kahn's eyes. Will she get like one of Noel's eyes and one of uh, Yvonne's? Ooh, too soon. They <laughs> <laughs> found a donor. Yeah. Oh my gosh, especially... Especially like that's so fitting for Toby. The, the Toby, like, the Toby attraction, yeah. Yeah, Jenna just looks up at Toby with eyes of love. <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> oh, that would man, that would <laughs> he would die if he found that out. Good news, Toby. We, uh, you know, your your wife was uh, an organ donor, so we found uh, a lot of uh, you know recipients, including for her eyes. He's like, oh, that sounds amazing. He's like, yeah, Jenna got them. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Throws a chair out a window. You've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> uh, oh, you know how I would do that too? Is every time, like, I would do one of those close up shots of Jenna where she has, like, the, the big fucking sunglasses on. You mm-hmm. can see, like, the reflection of Toby in them. And then when she takes them off and you see the eyes staring up at Toby, I would, like, computer impose, like, a reflection of Toby in them with, like, maybe <laughs> a little heart shaped irises. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so anyways, the, the nurse is like, who should I say make the deposit? And Sydney says, just write down the initials AD. And uh, Ari and Emily look at each other wide eyes like, zoinks! Uh, I think that's the wrong use of the word zoinks. Um, the nurse is like, AD. As if there's a Sydney's, wrong use of the word zoinks? Absolutely. No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking of different... I'm sorry. Anyway, mm. it is an absolutely correct use of the word zoinks. Anyway, so Sydney's like, for anonymous donor, should we be should be easy enough to remember, right? <laughs> Nurse like kind of bitchy from Sid, yeah. Should be easy enough to remember, right? And Arya's whispering, and she says, "AD's paying Jenna off. She got us all at the blind school, and now in return, she gets her eyesight back again." Like, <laughs> Damn that Jenna thing! They'll have to blind her again. Uh, so Emily's like, "Is Sydney AD, or is she just another pawn?" I mean, what do like, you think, Emily? <laughs> Arya's like, "Do you think that Jenna orchestrated the whole thing so that AD could take a shot at Spencer?" Or maybe a shot at Mary. Hmm. Mm. And then um, a computer beeps and Aria checks her blue snarfing rig and she says, wait, Sydney's phone is coming in, is in range. And uh, on screen, we get a big incoming text message alert. And she says, I'm picking up a text. And he says, what's it say? Who's it from? And on the computer, we see, did you do it? Coming in from a block number. And Aria says, did you do it? It's from a block number. And she's kind of studying the screen. Emily's looking out the window and spots Sydney. And she's like, there she is. And we see outside the Vision Institute, Sid's like paused to like respond to a text on her phone. And on screen, we see it's done. And Ari says it's done. And her and Emily make like concerned faces at each other, like rut row. Like, I mean, could that be Jenna on the other end or AD? Mm. I feel like maybe it's getting glossed over a little that just as we predicted, AD has been playing both sides of the, the game here. Yeah. With uh, the Jenna thing crew and the Liars crew. Yeah. Like, like we were talking about the end of 7A. I mean, I guess the question remains, the whole Jenna thing death trap in 710 
was that Jenna freelancing or was that all AD pulling the strings everywhere? I have to assume a little bit of both. I mean, I, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about an interview of Brent Doherty that I haven't been able to, to, I haven't had time to seek out myself where I believe, and I'm hearing this like secondhand, thirdhand, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that his whole take on Noel Khan is that he's not specifically evil, but it's just like bad decisions and, and, you know, reactions to these girls and their antics have driven him to this. But like, mm-hmm. he was not like intentionally originally like this evil guy. Which yeah. Still. I um, like that. Oh, I mean, I don't know. What's the dollhouse situation? <laughs> Once you're applying like fake blood to fake that an unconscious person might have hurt somebody in a uh, facsimile of their room, I don't know how good of a guy you can claim to be anymore. He's just too romantic. Yeah, yeah, he sure is. Meanwhile, at the Ping Pong Palace, Spencer has her shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> her breast is hanging out as Marco patches up her weeping wound. Um, Do you like how I made you read that one? Yeah, I did. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Um I mean, I don't know, like uh, uh, boobs in hand, patching up a wound, blood. What is that like? Uh, like sliding into third, like <laughs> somewhere. Is in there. Like it's like a home run where like you knock down the catcher, like like hard. Um, yeah, that's not allowed anymore. Uh, yeah, Spencer says your hands are a lot bigger than when you were a kid, <laughs> and a lot less purple too. <laughs> Which like this is Spencer, so I think we can assume the sexual connotation is deliberate. I mean, that's um, that's some Red Shoe Diaries hotness right there. <laughs> Less purple. Uh, she ch- He chuckles and he kind of dabs her like chest wound with a cotton ball. And she says, I can see why she wanted to leave it up. And she smiles and uh, he looks behind him at the painting on the wall that reads, To Gloriana, I love you, Marco. Uh, and he says, it's been there for years. They left it there that way after Gloriana Pot. Sorry, he says Gloriana. I keep saying I want to say Gloriana after Gloriana passed. And he kind of looks down a bit emotional. Spencer's just eating this up. And she says, I'm sorry, was she special to you? And he kind of prepares a bandage for the wound. And he says, she ran this place for decades. She was special to everyone who walked through that door, including a shy kid with glasses. Spencer's just like grinning lustily now. She's like, mm, can't really picture you as shy. And he says, and chubby, just a little bit. And she giggles and she's like, what? And he says, she always had a smile and a hug for me after a hard day of school. Not a lot of hugs at home. He's just telling his whole fucking life story here. Why do you think he brought her here? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The only thing missing, the only thing missing is for like some kid to come in and like just hug him and tell him how he's the greatest like big brother of all time or whatever. And then for him, like, slide this kid like five dollars as he walks out. Just like, was like, Thanks, is Jose. he trying to form a connection with her, or is he trying to be like, stop whining? I think he's trying to form a connection. I think okay. that's. I mean, that's the not too unspoken subtext of this whole outing. It's <laughs> him trying to be viable. The whole like, you know, connections to people who were still here, and he's mm-hmm. just like, Would that be me. Um, so he says, you know, my mother had some problems prescription pills and she's like huh, that can be really hard i would know i love drugs i eat them up and he's like he nods and such so she went there and she's like is your mother um he's like oh she's clean now and she's like great and he's like we talk once a month on the phone it works for both of us she smiles realizing that she's not in fact unique in having this messed up family situation and he's like 
there you go. All done. Referring to the, the wound. And she's like, thank you. She buttons herself up a little bit. And he's like, I should get you home. Put some ice in that shoulder. There's like a wide shot where we can see that she's sitting on the table with her legs more or less spread. He's between them with her hand on her thigh. Classic I, Spencer. I mean, it is. It's very classic Spencer. Like, I was thinking about that earlier during the ping pong thing. And I was like, whether or not we disagreed with it in season one, you have to get to like the the bar for Spencer is like the erotic Alex dancing in the kitchen at the country club <laughs> or whatever. It's like you have to get back there with any of these kind of scenes. How do you do it? Um, Ping pong. So in the background, he's singing. Yeah. Pretty ladies and ping pong and bleeding. Oh, here's some singing from the Silver Lake Choir, which is the Elijah Baraz uh, group. He holds out his hands and she uses them to pour us off the table. Spencer smiles. She hears the singing. Hey, slow down a little. Hands. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you always do that where you're like rushing through. Uh, yeah, she's pulls herself up with his hands and she's smiling and listening to the singing. And she says, amen. Do we have to go back right now? And he says, we can stay as long as you want. And then she gets melancholy. She says, it's so beautiful. And he's just adoring her here. And she sighs and she says, I've been so caught up in my own soap opera lately. I forgot I'm not the first person to have a complicated story about a birth mother and a surrogate mother. It's just like the moral of this story. And he chuckles to himself and he says, you don't have to drive yourself crazy trying to choose between the two. All you have to do is love the people who want the best for you. And then it's time for some smooches. So they kiss and then we start this like crazy cross cutting between like this makeout yes. session and yes. Toby slipping a wedding band on Yvonne's finger and like getting married in the hospital. He's like found himself a cheap suit to get married in as she lies there in bed. Well, as November Rain should be playing on yeah. the soundtrack. Oh, that would be perfect. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah, somebody cut a uh, PLL November Rain video. Toby um, walks outside shirtless with like a guitar. <laughs> just starts playing a solo in like the da, da, da. desert. <laughs> who's, then who's playing the piano? I guess Spencer be playing the piano. And oh, who, somewhere... is, who is the, the slash and who is the axle? Well, That's Caleb. a good question. Caleb is the slash, right? Caleb's the slash? Don't you think of these two? Mm, I don't know. That's tough because Axel has this whole like sensitive guy thing where he puts like the, the glasses on. Well, let me put it this way. Who could I see making more sense wearing the typical ridiculous slash outfit? Caleb. Who could I see wearing like the uh, like bandana thing or whatever? Like the almost David Foster Wally and bandana mm-hmm. at times. Toby. I need to awesome. see if Toby can do like the snake dance. Yeah. Um. And then, like, meanwhile, you cut to Ezra, like, swimming with the dolphins or whatever. <laughs> I mean, can can Caleb drive off a cliff with his girlfriend in the car and then suddenly appear back up at the top of the cliff playing a guitar? Yes. <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> Which, We're just spitting out some old references that half our audience probably doesn't even get. <laughs> Guns N' Roses used to be cool, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, like, just imagine that they found some money and they were just like, okay, we're going to do this PLL music video to <laughs> November rain. I feel like Mandy Lyon would donate her services for free <laughs> just to costume it. Um, yeah. So we, uh, we pull out of that weird choir moment to find Sydney texting in the street when Aria like well, scopes up real quick. We just had to mention this weird cross cutting between Toby and Yvonne getting married and Marco and Spencer making out. It just feels like this extra fuck you to Swoby's shippers or something. Like, I totally approve. <laughs> so what is this one called? Like, Sparko? 
I think so. Yeah, Sparko. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to uh, come out of that weird choir moment. You find Sydney. She's like texting on a street corner. Uh, we see Arya's like creeping up behind her. And then Emily. Sydney is not aware of Arya lurking because uh, 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 Emily has come around the corner in front of her to kind of confront her. And she says, hey, Sydney, got a minute? Sydney's like, did you follow me? And Ellie's like, I had to. You You lied to me. And she has this kind of like sweet bitchy smile. Uh, and then Arya fucking Montgomery just like from behind yanks Sydney's purse away from her, grabs her by the arm and like marches her around the corner into an alley. It's amazing. This is assault. <laughs> <laughs> Arya is on the fucking warpath. I like how she what? even like smiles at a passerby as they're walking like everything's fine. And I tweeted about this. She like she will become like Humphrey Bogart in like the big sleep here. Like she's just like like slapping Elisha Cook Jr. around here. But she's like, here's what's gonna happen. Oh my god, she fucking says, here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> We're gonna take a nice little drive to go visit your friend Jenna. And on the way there, you're gonna tell us about what you know about some of the initials AD. She drops the purse and Sydney makes some Sydney faces and she's like, I'm not going anywhere with you. And Emily's like, Well, if you walk away, we'll just keep showing up. Yoga at Ludlow Street, drinks with your friends at 9 p.m. You wouldn't want that now, would you? I would 100% want that. <laughs> Sydney just makes more scared faces. She's like, This is insane. I don't even know my schedule. And all right, like, now. Let's go. Move yeah. it. Sydney looks over to Emily like she's not taking Ari seriously at all. Big mistake because she tries to reach for her purse, but Aria grabs Sydney's arm, twists it around behind Sydney, and shoves her violently up against the side of the building. Listen here, see? This is how it's going to be, see? Victunia's uh, just like, Arya, break a couple of fingers to send a message. Don't break them! Bite them off! Reminder that you can't dial 911 without thumbs or a tongue. Headbutter into the wall! Oh my god. Sydney's <laughs> just like, ow, let go of me. And Emily kind of steps in to play good cop and she's like, let her go. And she pulls Arya off. She says, tell us what you know about AD and we'll get out of your hair. And Sydney says, tell your chihuahua to keep her paws to herself. Maybe I'll talk. Do I have to twist your arm again? Answer the freaking question. Arya is shaking her down. Sydney yeah. says, I don't know anyone with those initials, okay? I represent an account holder who prefers to remain anonymous. I'm just doing my job for a client at the bank. Yeah, but where did Jenna run off to? Is she meeting up with that mysterious but generous client? Sydney rolls her eyes. If you can't find Jenna, it's because she doesn't want to be found. <sighs> She hasn't even been answering my calls or texts. And Emily's like, so you don't know where she is. I already told you I want to cut ties. And if you're smart, you guys will stay away from her too. Whatever she's up to, her games have gotten a little dangerous for my taste. And mm-hmm. she gives a look, she looks at Arya as she says this, like kind of still scared of her. And Arya looks at Emily and then back at Sydney and she picks up Sydney's purse and says, See, that wasn't so hard, was it? And she holds out the purse to Sydney, just a psychotic gleam in her eye right now. And she says, oh, here, don't forget your yoga pants. And Sydney grabs it and she's like, namaste, bitch. Yes. Which is probably just the most perfect send off. Like, I don't know if we'll see Sydney again. Uh, if not, what a great line to end on. Your tenure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Namaste, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing missing from this scene would be emily going the full good cop of like look sydney 
I don't know how much longer I can <laughs> hold her off of you. <laughs> Talk she's fast. little, but she's big. Yeah. And she's hungry. You know what I mean? Hungry. <laughs> she will eat your face off of your face. <laughs> um, so they she leaves, the other two watch her go. Arya is just so incredibly satisfied of her, like, you know, like licking her fingers of glee. Emily's like, Did you do it? And Arya's like, Yep, GPS trackers in her bag. She might not have told us where Jenna is, but now she can show us. My God, I'm so horny right now. I could kill a drifter. Emily says, I'll call Hannah. And she pulls out her phone and dials as Arya marches off to like go push old ladies into traffic or something. <laughs> I like how like their whole plan was like, we need to get this listening device or this GPS tracker into her, her bag. And so like, I'll just go rough her up. You know, that'll be our cover. Oh my God. The, the one photo that they had, they actually had like the, the little press teaser photo mm-hmm. where it's like Sydney, like pressed up, like face against the cheek oh, against yeah. the wall already behind her. What if then just like Pigtunia just like creeped up in the middle of both of them <laughs> as close up. Nice. Well, it's like, we don't even have something where Aria like feels kind of like shaken and weirded out by doing that to like to make no. a distraction. No, no, she's in on this. I mean, if, I mean, I would have done a thing where she like holds up her hand, like the surgeon thing, and she's like, "Look, it's not even like shaking." Yes. Somebody's like, "That's terrifying." Yeah. So anyway, Hannah is uh, on the phone. She's the one Emily's calling. She says, "Hey, did you find Jenny yet?" And Emily says, "Part of the way there. How are you?" And we cut to Hannah. She's checking herself out in like this trashy kind of orangish red dress in the mirror at Lucas's loft. And she says, well, AD up the ante. I'm going to walk into that room and then flush my entire career down the toilet. But hey, at least I get a prize for playing. And he's like, Hannah. And Hannah's like, I got to go. I'll text you when AD delivers my puzzle piece. She hangs up and we get a good look at the dress here. I don't know. It doesn't seem that bad to me. Like it's tacky. And it's got kind of like this Asian style, like print material. Probably offend on taste grounds as much as cultural grounds. Like, but it's not like scandalously skimpy i wouldn't say or anything no i mean granted it's a network tv show you can't actually see her spicy tuna roll i guess to me this dress would only really work like say you were going to be interrogated by the police for like a murder or something i mean i guess this is like not like it's not like investor drinks trashy i guess if i were like give me a costume for like the madam at like a uh uh what's it called a like something like a scene out of Man in the High Castle. You haven't seen that show. What? Why well, I'm just like blinking on a bordello. If you need like a madam for a bordello or something, I feel like this would be a possible dress they would wear. You know, I would love to see the dresses that the costumer would give you to play the madam in the bordello. Mm-hmm. That'd uh, be a really tough choice for you. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awful. It's got like a weird choker thing going on too. That's like really thick. <laughs> Might be the worst part. Yeah. Anna grabs her things to leave and we kind of watch her go in the mirror as the camera tracks in and moves around. It's a little neat shot of like following her reflection around as she leaves. Um, I don't know. Still, Hannah continues to be kind of whiny. Like through this, like, I don't know if we communicate that properly in the scene, but she's just like, whatever. I'll text you when I get my piece, you know, like. It's like all she does is complain now. I'm about to go flush my entire future down the down the uh, toilet. Woe is me. <laughs> We're just like, ugh. I, I just, I don't know. It feels like all she does is complain. And it's like whether or not it makes sense, it's not a great look for the character, I guess. Like, um, 
I don't know. I, I was I flashed back because she makes a callback to like the hairspray in a second here. And like I went and watched that scene from uh, season one. And like there was, um I don't know, like this ineffable like charm that she used to project that I feel like she doesn't anymore. It's like she's she's not like cute, funny Hannah anymore. She's just kind of like angry Hannah constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, post dollhouse, post mm-hmm. cattle prod. Yeah. Um you know, plus, you know, even the happy things in her life are like Kayla reminding her again and again that they broke up and they just got back together and she better <laughs> she better mm-hmm. do right. Yeah, really. Uh, so, so after the <laughs> speak of him. Yeah. After the commercial, you know, Caleb's using the toilet at the barn with the door open when Spencer walks in. No, um, <laughs> he's uh, oh, my bad. <laughs> I uh, can't reach the door. So uh, this is happening. <laughs> Um, now he's still examining the game board, uh, this time with like fucking like stethoscope. <laughs> what is he doing with that? <laughs> I guess checking to see if it's hollow. Um, the door opens, Spencer strolls in behind him and she's like, Caleb. And he's like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I thought I would be in and out by now. Wink. Um, and she's like, wait, Hannah told you. And he's like, well, she didn't really have a choice. I mean, AD brought the fight to our front door, literally. And the board starts making these crazy noises and stuff. He's like, wait, do you hear that? It's like a hum and a bunch of clicks. Not unlike the smoke monster. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, trust me. That thing makes all kinds of noises. And he's like, I know. It's just, I can't even tell if it's mechanical or electrical. I can't break into a firewall and hack it. I can't even pop the top off this thing. <laughs> Wink. Um, she sets her purse down, drifts over. He takes a big breath and sighs. Wait, I'm going to try something. Well, you have, to wonder, you have to wonder, like, if Spencer's thinking right now, would you be showing this much uh, desperation if it were for Spencer's sake and not Hannah's sake right now because he's like really into this yeah or is he just a boy with a toy um, and he's like maybe the screws are underneath the building so he grabs like a thin plastic strip and tries to slide it under the church uh-huh. and he just like watches Molly nonplus he notices you know he's like you know if this is weird I-, I can take this with me or I can come back and she's like no it's fine I mean I I want this to be fine and she nods so does he it's mostly not awkward he's like so do I and I think it can be. Do you want to talk about it? Your broken heart? You want to talk about it? I'm just waiting for Caleb to like do his new move and like bring up why he dumped her. Yeah. Remember. Did you, did you uh, want to talk about how you'll never be the love of my life the way Hannah is? Do you want, I mean, we got to get to the bottom of this mystery because you remember how these secrets tore us apart, specifically you and I. That's why I left you for Hannah. <laughs> now I know why, but still. Yeah. Sorry. Spencer would. Probably. Also, your sheets are in the wash because they got dirty. Sorry about that. Yeah. Spencer would probably rather not have that talk. So she just shrugs and points to the kitchen. She says, do you want to have a drink? Because it's a PLL five years forward. That's how they solve all their problems with alcohol. Mm-hmm. He's a little surprised, but pleasantly so. And he says, yeah, um, I'll take a beer if you got it. And she says, that sounds really good. I'm going to have one with you. Here's here's the only tweak I would have proposed for this is if he's like, can I have a beer or something? And she's like, yeah, I actually don't think I have any. And he says the thing where he's like, actually, you do. I left some behind the thing in the the drawer or whatever, mm. you know. <laughs> and her chair just be like, yeah, that's right, because like up until like a week and a half ago, you lived here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Spencer heads over to the fridge and he says, that was actually really easy. And she scoffs. She's like, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Uh, and I guess this is just them. Like, how can we get back to old Spencer and Caleb, like friendship status quo as quickly as possible? You know, like 
Let's Calm all down, just, fans. Let's yeah. all just forget hand stuff ever happened because Freeform is beholden to the shit person. Never uh, so he continues to fiddle with that church on the game board while Spencer gets to the bottles and comes back over and she says, so there's this guy. I kind of just spent the whole day with him. Fucking. I know I shouldn't say that. Uh, like she definitely wants to no, establish. Says, says, right. I, I fucking. What? I fucking. I fucking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't sorry. know what she's talking about. Uh, she definitely they wants to establish their eyes. Okay. She wants to establish it. Like, Hey, Caleb, like I'm over you. You know, there's a new guy. Uh, so she pops the top off a bottle and hands it to him. And he's like, is it that cop? Fury? And she's like, yeah. And he chuckles. He's like, yeah, I thought I picked up on some vibes. Can I ask? And she says, no, I have no idea. Nine inches. I mean, it's the timing just sucks. Rollins case is still open. He's a detective. Believe me, anything you're going to ask, I've already thought of it a million times. And she swigs her beer and he says, I was just going to ask if he's good to you because he deserved that. Hashtag essence of best ex-boyfriend. And then he notices a blood spot on her blouse. He's like, hey, are you okay? And Spencer says, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. And she kind of walks back to the kitchen and he goes back to messing with the game board. And she's kind of talking to her shoulder like, how long are you going to be working here? Because I was just going to order some food. Maybe we can call and ask Hannah. And as she's saying this behind her, like Caleb has like popped off the church piece from the board, like kind of like like up on like a hinge or something. And underneath it, it's just like a tube shoots up gas in Caleb's face. Yes. And Spencer doesn't even notice this. Like Caleb just got a whiff of some like poison gas or something. That's a spicy yeah. tuna roll. And he's just like, uh, sure. Because he's like trying to play it cool. Like, even though, like, he just got the whammy, like, he doesn't want her to notice or something. <laughs> it's some pretty funny acting, really. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and she's like, so there's this new Thai place. He, like, collapses back onto the couch. She's like, she's like, what do you think? Curry? Noodles? Caleb? And she looks back and she's, like, groaning and clutching his throat, writhing in pain. And she's like, Caleb? She comes, like, rushing over. He keeps, like, grunting in agony. And she's like, Caleb, what's going on? And all he can do is, like, clutch his throat and make these, like, sexy O faces. And she's like, what happened? And he's like, she pulls out the phone, dials 911. Operator's like, 911, what's your emergency? And she's like, hi, um, my, my friend, really more of an ex-boyfriend. He's my friend. It's not weird. He's having trouble breathing. Please, this is an emergency. And so Caleb expires right there on the couch. <laughs> Caleb dies. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird way to end that love triangle. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. cut to the Radley. Lucas is uh, he's like dressed in like kind of a like fancy suit. Lucas is definitely the guy who wears like all black suits. And uh, we see in the background there in the Radley lobby, Hannah like rolls in this whole like rack of like garment bags. Uh, where is she coming from? Where did she get this? I don't know. Where did she come from? Where is she going? Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, it's a good well, question. Like, like where. She has like a whole rack. Like where I, I just don't understand where these came from and why are they at the Radley? But yeah, it seems, I don't know. I mean, how do you transport such a thing? Well, like how do you transport the rack? Yeah. I, mean, I guess you could just throw the clothes in the back seat, but yeah, I, maybe the hotel provides the rack. I don't know. I mean, this would be a hotel thing. They would have this kind of stuff for some of the, the baggage. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway, <laughs> she's rolling in all her her fancy dresses. I like how this podcast is equal parts like theorizing over characters' dicks, mm-hmm. and also 
where did the rack come from? <laughs> yeah, so he jumps up, runs over to greet her. She's wearing like a tan trench coat, so we can't see the weird Japanese bondage outfit underneath. And he's like, let me help you with that. My, my Lucas voice is almost exactly my Sydney voice. Um, <laughs> There's no problem at all with that. Well, you know, this this Hannah situation here, I mean, obviously she's going to get out of it, but I feel like her move is to just like pretend that nothing's wrong and just like own it and wear the weird outfit. Like, because don't fashion people, they usually wear like the weirdest fucking clothes anyways, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's just like a fashion person thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, you ready? And she's like, yeah, I just... <sighs> This is amazing, Lucas. And he hits the elevator or hits the button for the elevator and it dings. She's like, I've never realized how much I want us to you gave me everything I needed to make it happen. He's like, Oh, that's not true. You're a lot of talent. Um <laughs> she's like, Hold on one second, I'm not finished. I just want to say this before. Before what? Thank you. You were the most generous friend. And you know, whatever happens up there, just promise me that we'll always be friends, which is ominous. We'll always be um, friends, just friends, never more than friends. <laughs> Even if I cost you a million bajillion dollars. Um, the elevator dings again, slides open. He's like his face shifts from disappointment to like a fake smile, which is I think an earnest Lucas smile, which just looks fake. Um, he's like, Of course. She smiles back, nods. He wheels the dresses into the elevator and he's like, Well, let's go wild these investors and make a jillion dollars, okay? And she's like, her phone beeps, she looks at it, her face falls, Lucas notices. Hannah, you have the jitters. And she's like, No, it's not that. Caleb's in the hospital. And he's just like, oh no, Caleb, we never got that lunch. Um, he's oh, like, no, oh, not Caleb. <laughs> Give me the sketchbook. Go. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, I will figure something out. Go, go. And she's like, okay. And she takes off. And he rides up to the investors alone to wing the pitch with the rack of dresses. Well, can you just, I mean, that's that's a shitty place to be in as like the other half of this partnership, though. Can you imagine like if you're like, ooh, the next one she has, like you unzip the garment bag and you're like, oh, this is dog shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what do you just say, like family emergency or something? That's pretty awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, uh, speaking of Doom side characters, we're getting to the moment. Um, cut back to Toblerone feeding some vending machine cake to Mrs. Toblerone while she lies in bed, clutching a bouquet of orange roses in one hand. And she says, hmm, aren't butterscotch crimpets the best? He just smiles at her and she's like, I don't know why we ever bothered to go cake tasting. Uh, should we split the last one? And he says, no, no, let's let's say that for our first anniversary, it's tradition, right? You're I think you gonna... better make the new tradition your one minute anniversary, Toby. Uh, she smiles at him again and closes her eyes and she just looks so weak through this whole scene. You can just you're just waiting for it to inevitably kick the bucket here. And he says, you know, we never decided on where we were going to go for our honeymoon. Yvonne's just thinking, Jesus Christ, Toby, you trying to kill me? <laughs> She's like, I thought our honeymoon was going to be spent moving into our finished house. Um, <laughs> he just makes his face like, my bad. <laughs> yeah. She's like, things are different now. Where would you want to go once we get up or once we get you up and out of here? Which, by the way, is never happening. Her eyes are like fluttering, fluttering wildly as she considers this. She's, she's like, I'd rather have city than beach. Prague, maybe, or Antwerp. Oh, but you like the outdoors. How about a week in Buenos Aires and then a week in Patagonia? And he kind of bumps her knee with his hand like this is a genius suggestion that she'd better like. He totally just mentioned two places on an entirely different continent from what she suggested. Well, just 
picture the the travel agent like I want to go to Prague, Antwerp, and then Patagonia. <laughs> well, he says um, it's the best of both worlds. It's like actually no, totally those are those are totally different worlds. Those are different continents, like totally different vibes. Those cities, like what are you talking about? Well, Toby, if I could be frank, you can't afford that. No, um, you never know. He sold I the still house. Have, yeah. I still have some money set aside from uh, selling out my mother to Radley. Actually, I'll be able to afford it just fine once you die and I cash in the insurance. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, she didn't have the energy to like left to point out how silly his suggestion is. She just like shakes it off and she's like, you know somewhere I've always wanted to go? Mm. Heaven. <laughs> she, says, she says Moscow. Moscow. He makes a totally blank face right now because he just realized that his wife is a Russian spy, like in that Allies movie. She's like, it's, in the winter, there's a huge ice rink in the Red Square. It's all lit up. And- <laughs> oh, shit. Putin got to her. Toby, call Comey. Smother well, her with that just, pillow. I'm just thinking of the Seinfeld finale. <laughs> Moscow, bleak. <laughs> You can't be bleak in the summer. If you're bleak, you're bleak. (laughs) He says, well, that's where we'll spend our first Christmas, which we'll be dead for. And then after that, we can go anywhere, which is to say I can go anywhere. Iceland, Tasmania. We can just keep going, going, gone. gone. And the the life slips away from her. And he says, are you happy? She's like, happiest. And then her eyes shut and she drops the bouquet, which falls in slow motion to the floor. And R.I.P. Yvonne. And then, yeah, Toby jumps up and starts screaming to the heavens. And like like Akira, he blows up Rosewood. The fury of his, his weeping. It just happens um, so quickly. You know, like at the end. But there was like, like... Happiest, drops bouquet, fade to black. There was like... At least four different moments where I just thought, "Oh, she's died off screen." Like when he starts talking about the first Christmas and all that stuff, I was I, just like, "They're going to cut back to her, and she's just going to be like staring up." Like, I thought they're going to do the move where he like he keeps talking. Eventually, he's just like Yvonne, Yvonne, you know, <laughs> like shakes her. She doesn't move. Yeah. Um, I think to keep true to the nature of their relationship, she should have said something like. The first thing I want to do when I get out of here is finish binge watching How I Met Your Mother with you or something like that. <laughs> uh, he's like on the nose. Um, so after the commercial, speaking of hospitals, Caleb's on a hospital bed with an oxygen tube on. Um, Hannah's like holding his hand. The machine's like beeping nearby. And she's like, your eyes are all red. Can you see? Are you okay? And I think like, Hannah's a little worried that he'd be blind. Uh, and I mean, we know how she feels about blind people. What an ignominious end to Caleb that would be. Yes, but just imagine this. Caleb now sees with his hands everywhere. Maybe he just goes around touching people. He's like touching people's faces, like nonstop. I feel like you need a tech element to that. Workshop thing. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's like, he's he says, do you remember that time we first met and you, uh, Shot a bunch of extra hold hairspray in my face. Yeah, this is worse than that. And Hannah's like, it was light hold. Uh, good Remember when I was cute? Yeah. Uh, she looks I concerned. Could... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, she looks concerned. Smiles at that callback. Uh, I couldn't talk. I couldn't breathe. I, I couldn't think. Well, do they know what it was? Some sort of gas or something? 
Well, I mean, I couldn't exactly tell him I was poisoned by some toxic version of Candyland. So I told him I was cleaning my bathtub and I accidentally mixed my bleach and my ammonia and I knocked myself out. Mustard gas. Nice. You would be straight up dead. I'm waiting for him to like talk about like, thank God Spencer was there. Um, so he's like, no lab tests, no questions. You know, hey, how to go with the investors? Oh, I didn't make the meeting. Lu- Lucas is there covering for me. It doesn't matter anyways. If you're not there, it's kind of like skipping your turn. That stupid game doesn't matter. I just wanted to make sure that you were okay. And he frowns and she leans over and kisses him. Then her phone beeps and she checks it and frowns herself. She's like, I'll be right back. And he gives her a smile and she takes off. I was kind of like expecting him to like one more time bring up like, hey, are you sure you want to do that? I mean, you remember what broke up our relationship last time. <laughs> well, I started to think as I was preparing these notes, like, that's a good point. Like, Caleb, there's a physical toll, though I don't think it's related to Hannah in the game. I mean, it's his fault for popping open the church and getting sprayed in the face. Yeah, but like, vaguely connected. There is, there, I mean, like, there was a sacrifice that the island demanded of, of Hannah. And now that she's, you know, skipped her jury duty there or whatever, like, she wanted to come back to bite her tenfold. And I was like, oh, no. And I thought, well, Pastor Ted's back next week. Give him up to the, uh, the gods. Throw his ass in the volcano. <laughs> um, so out in the waiting area of the hospital, Spencer's, like, sitting with Emily and Aria. And Spencer says, she had to tell him about the game, guys. She didn't have a choice. Emily's like, is gassing Caleb her punishment for trying to stop AD? So Hannah comes over then. And she's like, hey. I don't, I don't think it is. We'll get, we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Yeah. No, it is not. I don't think it's related. Yeah. yeah. And they all stand. Arya's is like looking like, like she's ruining the fight. Someone, cause she's got a taste for it now. She, she's still just like, let's do this. <laughs> I feel like after that, she's going to go on the, like at the local alleyway and just like punch a hobo for fun. It's going to be basically uh Patrick Bateman, uh, stabbing the homeless person. Yeah. Or uh, the thing with what's his name, uh, Tyrell and Mister Robot. Like she just like gives a few bucks to a hobo. Why don't you get a job? The, she just beats the shit out of this guy in the street while her driver watches. Mm-hmm. Um, they all stand, and Hannah's like, "I didn't finish my term, so I was sent this." And she shows him the game phone. It reads, "Hey loser, say goodbye to your prize." Ad, it's like an overload over like a puzzle outline where one of the pieces is blacked out. And I was like, "So what happens to your puzzle piece? Does it just go to some stranger?" <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> And he's like, who knows? It's not like winning your turn makes you a winner. And it's like, I guess it depends on whose turn it is. And she smirks and like casts some shade over at Spencer. Such as like, well, what is that supposed to fucking mean? And it's like, all you had to do is visit a friend. No false accusations. No skipping out on the most important meeting of your life. So Spencer just kind of shrugs and is just like, sorry. Yeah, Arya's going to back her up. And she says, well, maybe that's the point. An unfair game keeps us off balance. I would also argue that Spencer was the, the carrot that the that was needed to get the others to play. Like AD was kind of trying to ease them into it before resorting to the Rollins blackmail. So it it makes some sense as well, just that it, Spencer would get like an easy ride as the first go. Also, A is like aware of like the proportional totality of their lives. So it's not like Spencer just had to go visit Tobler on the hospital. It was like a was also aware that, you know, she's dealing with this whole maternal question. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite the same, though. No, but I mean, it's not like Hannah's going to lose out on her entire fashion career and also Ashley's not her mother anymore, you know? Um, so Emily's like, and then it gives us something to bicker about. So we're not focused on finding out who AD is. Which is like to Hannah, she says to Hannah, 
Look, it's been a long, rough day for all of us. I spent most of it playing ping pong. So I'm going to go visit Toby and Yvonne on the way out if she's still kicking. Um, so she brushes his hand on the arm and walks off. And Hannah's like, look, you guys don't have to stay. They're going to keep him on oxygen for a little while longer. Maybe give some goofballs and then release him in an hour or two. So she gives him a forced smile. She walks back into Caleb's room. Uh, just then the tracker in Emily's purse starts chiming. Her and Arya throw each other excited looks. Emily pulls out the tablet computer that shows the location on a map. And she says, Sydney's on the move. I'll take the first watch and follow her tonight. Come on, I'll drop you off. They take off. And then in another part of the hospital, Spencer enters through some wide swinging doors and she looks around. Maybe she's just a little suspicious or what here. She has like a weird look on her face when she like enters this area. Uh, but then she looks forward down the hall and we see two people in scrubs are walking by, like rolling a crash cart. And then she sees Toby rounding the corner in his suit. He's just stumbling around. His tie's missing. Looks like the Phillies just lost a pennant or something. His mouth is hanging slack. He just is utterly devastated. Spencer moves over to him and he's just making like weird breathing noises. Like he can't even moan. He just, he just collapses yeah. uh, and she tries to hold him up. She's like, oh my God. And he just hugs her and he tries to cry. And Spencer kind of puts does the math right now. She's shocked. She's like, oh my God. And he's just sobbing and holding on tight. And she holds him and they just kind of rock back and forth on their knees. And Toby, utterly devastated. He's a widower. That didn't last long. Toby's like, apparently the stamps were toxic. Such <laughs> as, so like, so coffee <laughs> i i feel kind of bad for keegan allen here because he's like he's just breaching deep within to like you know just play oh, the great. scene to the hilt but it feels so like it's like it's so like well we all knew Vaughn was gonna die eventually so it, i feel like he's robbed a little a little bit of the drama you know i mean yeah i i plus i've seen the pilot of it but i just assume that every episode of this is us is exactly like this <laughs> I don't even know what that show is. It's just, I'm assuming it's just this. Okay. Um. <laughs> that sounds like a bad show. Uh, but yeah, he's heartbroken. I, I, I wonder what this means. Like, are they really just going to put them back together? I can't imagine they do that, but I've eh, been wrong about all the other shipping sh- stuff so far. So who knows? That'd be a weird, like, like, Hey, detective fury. I know we were really starting to connect, but like Toby is single again. So, so I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to jump on that because like a Twitter poll told me I should. Also, we have a t-shirt for charity, so you understand. I know um, Troyan has like talked a lot about wanting like someone to be single at the end of the show to like show that, hey, it's okay if you're not like, you know, hitched up at 23 or whatever, you know, like yeah. it's okay to be single sometimes. I don't know if they'll let her do that or not. Well, like just can it? Can it like get to a point like time wise before the end of the show where like Toby's ready to move into another relationship? I mean, look how quickly Spala Bennett and Haleb came back. I mean, they'll move pretty quickly on this show. I guess, but it's not like Spencer was like happiest yeah. and expired. <laughs> and Caleb's like, all right, Hannah, time to get down to fucking. Um, so yeah. I mean, even even Ezra at least had to go through the the grieving process of writing a book. <laughs> I can finally say her name. Oh my god! If Toby had that scene, I can finally say her name without crying. Anyway, speak of the devil, we're gonna go back to Ezra's loft. It's dark inside, and Arya lets herself in. 
She's got her phone on speaker. She's leaving a voicemail for Ezra. She's saying, can you call me back, please? And she sets her keys down and appears to be holding like a manila envelope under her arm, which I find interesting for the A tag. Uh, and she says, Sabrina just quit. Um, guess she tried to get a hold of you. And she shuts the door behind her and hits the lights. And she says, anyway, she's got this apprenticeship with some hot new baker in Atlanta. And she has to be there tomorrow, but she referred some replacements. So do I call them? Um, I mean, how do you even interview a baker? Uh, and she's kind of stopped at a table and she sits down the envelope that she's been kind of waving around and she talks. And we see behind her the couch area is like still darkened, so we can't really see what's going on over there. That will be important. And Ari says, Ezra, I've never run a business before. <sighs> I really want to help you. I just I don't I don't know exactly what to do. And just then, a shadow rises from the couch in the darkened living room area behind her. And it's just like the sudden horror music playing. It's like very satisfyingly creepy. You know, it's just like out of the shadows, suddenly somebody's there. And Ari says, things are just kind of unraveling without you here. And I just, I really wish that. And then she senses a presence and spins to see the shadow. And she like immediately grabs a knife from the block uh, on the kitchen there to defend herself. And thus, all our fan fiction begins. Uh, I mean, she's on point with this. Mm -hmm. And as a listener pointed out, uh, she holds a knife upside down, just like her phone. Well, she's holding it like full stab, but she's holding like the blade towards (laughs) herself. Classic Arya. Oh, no, the the blade's the other way. It's um, the blade is pointed up. It's, It's a weird pose. Yeah. Anyway, she's pulled the knife. This figure is approaching. It appears to be a girl based on the silhouette, but it's kind of hard to tell. So she hits the lights and she's saying, stay back. I said, stay back. And then we see, oh, it's just Nicole. She's looking frail and scared. Uh, She's got a big cast on her left hand there. And Arya's like, Nicole? And Nicole doesn't say anything. She kind of looks like timid and worried. So Arya slowly lowers that knife and is relieved, but uh, shocked and breathing hard. And then hard cut to black. Because Nicole's like, have you ever seen Diabolique? Um, <laughs> nice, nice little cliffhanger ending. I like it. What do you? What? What? I mean, I guess I could see two things here. How do you? Oh, oh, a couple topics here. First of all, I want to talk about Ezra. Like, what a fucking shitty boyfriend and a shitty boss. Yeah, well, shocker. She's um, like Sabrina tried to get in touch with you. You're not talking to her either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lisa, but you answered your employees. Though, I mean, we've never seen evidence that Ezra was ever a good boss or a capable businessman. Mm-hmm. I wonder, so I guess I see I see two possibilities here. Either he has no idea and Nicole's there. Like, maybe they have finally had the talk and Nicole just rushed right over here to confront Arya. Or she suspected, yeah. Yeah, or, or classic fucking Ezra. He brought her to Rosewood and he's just out getting pie thinking that he can bring her back pie and he's like also maybe waiting for Arya to come home and they can just talk amongst themselves or, he doesn't have to like tell anyone that's that's a good move yeah just let the situation handle itself <laughs> he's gonna have tryouts yeah. yeah no uh third possibility he has not in fact been with nicole this whole time dun, dun, dun. he's been doing something else and uh we're gonna find that out i don't know I, i'm very curious to see how the this scene picks up in the next episode Nicole does not look angry, at least in this shot here. She looks just kind of like worried and kind of, you know, frightened. That or like she's been through like an emotional ringer. 
perhaps. I don't know. I mean, it could be she just was thinking she was going to go wait and see Ezra and then Arya showed up. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, but because, I guess I wonder, is she here for Arya or Ezra? Yeah. Yeah. Also, Arya's newfound combat skills, too, man. Just like, like she is on that knife so fast. Yeah. This is a great Arya episode. It's so fun. <laughs> I know. She's so, I hope this is the Arya we get for the rest of the season. Like, it's like a revelation. Yeah, it is. I mean, imagine the whole show would be like this. <laughs> It'd be like a Saeed thing. You have to keep sending Arya away because she's too capable. Too, <laughs> too bull in a china shop. Um, so the A-tag. We see two gloved hands put another manila envelope on a desk. This one is addressed to Rosewood PD. It appears to have something thick inside of it. The hands use a letter opener to like open the side of the envelope, tip it up, let the contents slide out. Camera moves around to reveal this is actually Detective Marco Fury. Grimacing at the smell, he's like flanked by some other cops, including Kevin. Um, it's something rolled up in a white rag, and he's like, "Oh shit, I've seen Big Lebowski. I know how this is going." He's like, "I, I have to ask you, is there like something in your brain that forces you to say Detective Marco Fury every time instead of just Marco?" Uh, I almost feel like it's almost like a two two meta thing on the hmm. uh, podcast. Okay, um, I try not to talk. I mean, uh, between the two of us, I try to be the one that doesn't talk in the third person as much. Um, but so Marco says, oh, oh, that's not good. He unties a string around the roll-up rag and rolls it to find a, a rotting, gross finger in the middle. Just imagine um, if it wasn't a finger. So Marco says... Uh, like you got the old bad finger instead? And then and then Kevin eats a hot dog in the background? I don't know. Um <laughs> Marco's like, have someone call forensics and get me an evidence bag. I like this twist on the usual A tag here. It's very cleverly done. Um, yeah. Like it was like, oh, A tag. Oh, wait, nope. It's the cops. Um, yeah. Does the Manila envelope mean anything here? Because Arya's just holding one, or is that just yeah. the, the usual shenanigans? Yeah. But I, I like. Holden <laughs> tweets out, "Did you Spoby shippers like the way I gave Marco the finger?" <laughs> So it's a nasty finger too. It's like obviously you're like rotting. Like uh, I mean, I think we can assume this is Rollins's finger. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be good. I saw on Reddit the kind of idea was that the cops are getting a piece of Rollins in lieu of Hannah getting a puzzle piece because she didn't complete her turn. Hmm. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess if they fail again, I don't know. They get another finger or like Rollins's head or who knows what. Yeah. <laughs> what's in the box and uh yeah so that was the a tag like i mean maybe i think i saw somewhere else people are saying this is the finger used to like kind of like make it seem like rollins was having world travel adventures or whatever Mm. um Mm. but now the obviously i I would believe the cops would be able to tell like this is the finger of a dead corpse not like a, a person you know right like, right it was severed post-mortem yeah. yeah and so that's going to cause the liars some new trouble and uh yeah that was it um anything you want to add before we start closing up here uh this was just a incredibly fun episode um but no i, I got nothing else i did see uh, i think it was miss i stay busy on twitter she was the one suggesting that Ezra would be there to attend Yvonne's funeral. I like that. Um, 
couple people pointed out that the red hair from the end of uh, the A tag on 7 Eleven looks like a wig that we saw previously in another A tag. I think that was mm. Ezra Uber if it said that. And the, um, uh, the maid in the Riley hotel room, I think yeah. what they pointed out. But I mean, you know, like Allison Nelson told us, like, it's not a mistake that you see the hair. Yeah. So uh, Cynthia says that performing surgery with kitchen tongs is basically Trump care. Ha ha ha, sad face. Uh, too soon. Um, also, uh, shout out to Jenny Ellis who tweeted at us that it was her birthday. Hashtag spicy tuna roll. Happy birthday, Jenny. Happy birthday. Uh, we did get run, one review in the U.S. from Caroline W12. Thank you to Caroline. I always appreciate getting reviews in iTunes. If you want to get in contact with us, you can tweet at us at broswatchpl2 or go to our website page, broswatchpl2.com, if you want to leave a longer comment. And I think that about covers us for the episode. We will be back next time. Uh, I don't have it up right now. Who's What do we got coming up? I believe that it is called Power, Power Play, right? Play. Yeah. yeah, let me tell you who wrote and directed that, since that will be fun. Mm-hmm. Real fun. Yeah. Lots of fun. High, just... high, high tech stuff happening here. Big mm-hmm. week. Uh, ooh, it's Elijah Brass, directed mm-hmm. by Roger Cumble. Oh. Nice. Roger yeah. Cumble coming back. Yeah, fucking Pastor Ted's going to be in it. Ugh. But also Nolan North. That's right. The return of Peter Hastings. And we might we might get... Uh, oh, wow. So the wiki is saying we're going to get Andrea Parker as Mary Drake and Jessica D. Well, supposedly we're going to find out who killed Jessica De Laurentiis. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's going to mm-hmm. be Ken. A lot of people are saying Peter Hastings because he's back. I don't know. We'll see. If I ain't fucking, I'm killing. Um, yeah, it's going to be the last Elijah Brown's Roger Cumble episode. Man, this is, is going to suck. We're getting to a lot of last. It's, there's going to be a lot of finale. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, we'll be back for that. And uh, until then, have a good one. Catch you later.